Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where firm... Fi, fi, fi. I'm going to start that again, Andy. Yes. I'm going to. I nearly said firm firm fans. A firm like, fans. A firm fan of films. Right. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them and the ones in between, you know. Uh, my name is Ben Errington, and today I'm joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit Turner. Hello, Ben. And indeed, hello, everybody. You all all right? Hello, everybody out there. It's just me and you this week, Andy, which feels like a very rare occasion, right? It's been a little while. We have been flooded in the, an embarrassment of riches. There's loads of good guests to join us recently. But <laughs> as much as I miss the extra company and meeting new people, it's nice just to have a quiet one, isn't it? Get together, just the two of us, put our feet up for a casual, yeah. casual film. Just have a quiet night in. You haven't got a. You haven't got to bring too much social energy because I feel like it's all just it's all just natural, you know. Yeah, talk to you all the time. I'm not saying I put on a front when we got guests. No, put on an act. It was but, this you know, guy for just, years. You can just be yourself a little bit. You're like we're we're comfortable in a companionable silence, aren't we, Ben? We can just sometimes hang out, sit there, nothing. Yeah. We get on a Zoom call together, just, just quiet, sit in silence, and stare at each other. Yeah, We've done that a few times. Just and then at to... the end, say, "Oh, nice to nice to see you. Good to hang out. It's great to catch up." Yeah, see you later. Um, but obviously, when you do record a podcast, you pretty much have to fill every, more mostly every second of silence and dead air. Otherwise, it wouldn't be very interesting for for anybody to listen to. Sometimes, with the magic of podcasting remotely, as we do, because we all live in different parts of the world. Sometimes fill bits of open air multiple times when you both talk both talk at the same time. Definitely done that. 
more than once. Um, maybe three people talking at the same time. That's good. No, and then no, you, no. and then you go, and then you go quiet, and then you go. I'll wait for another opening and go to make my point again. And then the same thing happens. Embarrassing. It's the it's the audio equivalent of when you're walking down the street and someone gets in the way of you, and you both go the same way, and then the same way again, and the same way again, and the same way again, and then you just kiss. Yeah, or punch. Yeah, one or the other. <laughs> Fight or kiss. I kind of love it though. I love it because I love like going. Oh, this is ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, this is ridiculous, isn't it? And then it just keeps on going on. And then it hit, and then a moment hits where you go, I've had enough now, actually. I'm not happy about this. I thought we were just like throwing your head back, screaming, and then running in the other <sighs> direction. Run Get away. Out the way. I'm definitely someone who's I anticipate these moments too well though. So I know to in these moments I always double down. So I'm not going left and then right. I'm going right and then I'm co- co- continuing to go, go right, right again. Right, right again, right again, until I'm basically, uh, I've turned all the way around and I'm going the opposite direction, you know? Your day's inconvenience, they think you're weird. You can't win. Yeah, that's fine. I- I'm fine with that, you know? Mild- I am inconvenienced, but it's all good. It's all good. I'll make I'll make it home eventually. I'm not in a rush. Uh, so, we're- well, we're talking about a new film today. We're talking about a brand new film, brand new release, striking while the-, the boogie is hot. Um, which is nice on a week when Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That's what it's called this one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Spider-Man Across uh, the Spider-Verse Part One. Is there? Is this a two-parter? I think they said they were doing that, and then they changed it to Beyond the Spider-Verse. Or oh, so like the other one's got another name. Okay, so yeah. either way, a new animated Spider-Man. Which I don't know about you, Ben, but I think it probably affected the cinema attendance because um, I know that that's doing absolute gangbusters. I got, yeah. you already know this, but for the benefit of the listeners, when I went to see The Boogeyman, that's right, everybody. I've done it. The ultimate cinema experience. I was the only one there. Just me. Oh. Solo man. Did you have Did you have any snacks? Did. I got myself some lovely iron brew flavoured pastels, only available in Scotland, I imagine. Oh, lovely. They were quite a treat. They were delicious. And pastels. then I got myself... Uh, Got myself a, a lovely seven up free to wash that down. Ooh. Oh, oh, um, lovely! Yeah, sat and enjoyed that. Sat myself on an aisle seat as I want to do, but once I found out it's only me in the cinema, moved to the see middle. when it's when it yeah when it's only you in the cinema. Optimal, yeah, you want to get right in the middle and absorb everything. The sound design, because I think if we're gonna say much positive about this film and we will say some positive things but i think the sound design was pretty good yeah. i definitely felt like i was being boogied yeah and added effect because obviously um the cinema stuff where i go they they stick their head in every now and again make sure you haven't fallen asleep in there or you're not pissing on the seats or like cam in the film um and there's a couple of moments in the tense parts obviously they aren't timing this where yeah. they creep the door open just to have a look make sure everything's oh, yeah. All above Put their little cre- creepy hand around yeah. the corner of the thing. They had light up eyes as well. Do the little voice of a loved one. <laughs> That's how you give it away. Like just do the impression. Do Don't then do an echo. Yeah, pretty good there. Um, I was going to mention this. Isn't there another film called Boogeyman from like two thousand and five? Um, not based on the Stephen King short story, but still called Boogeyman. Not called the Boogeyman. Um. Yeah, did I? I just wasn't sure if I'd misremembered this because the poster is very similar as well, right? Because initially I was like, I think when this first got announced, I was like, remake? 
Remake of a film that apparently wasn't very good, I don't remember, but had a couple of sequels as well. Maybe it's an intonation thing. Maybe that one is The Boogeyman, and it's about a disco dancing champion. Um, you know, just really helps people get into the boogie. <laughs> it says, well, it says it had negative reviews from critics, but it was a financial success and was followed by two direct-to-video sequels. It says the film was nearly panned by critics. How'd you get nearly panned? Maybe it, maybe panned is a scientific term and you have to have got under a certain percentage to okay. be actually panned. It's not like you've gone, right, you know what I think of this film? It's absolutely... and then Almost been... shite. <laughs> it's absolutely... And you get distracted by something else and you go, whoa, that was nearly panned by that, Craig. But <laughs> and luckily... the, rev- the review trails off, they never finish it. That's it. There we go. Um, but yeah, it seems to have... I'm just looking at the budget for the 2005 one. 20 million and it pulled back like 70 million. So mid-2000s... Um, oh, mid-2000s horror, which I think... It was a good time for horror at the box office, I think, wasn't it? That sort of stuff, especially like uh, yeah. American American horror movies. Um, complete segue from that because I said two thousands. Um, you know how we call it the noughties? Yeah. Apparently, everyone else apart from British people think that's mad. What do they they call it the aughts, right? I think they just call it two thousands, and that's it. And that's the noughties. Thousand years, you fucking idiots. <laughs> sorry everyone else in the world i saw it on i saw on i think it was tiktok people saying do you know what the british people call this decade and in the comments loads of people were obviously just making fun of british people calling it the the jolly old (laughs) the jolly old pie of mash years i don't know i'll tell you what another hint for your tiktok if you uh you're the people making that particular bit of content you'll never (laughs) guess what the british in this context me calls you I ain't going to reveal it but I tell you what oh it's a word that you find offensive but but, but oh, I use God. quite liberal use, use quite a liberal liberally up here in Scotland it's fine <laughs> <laughs> okay I think, I think I got it now I was thinking it was one thing but I think it's the other thing that's okay uh sorry I didn't mean to bring out uh a, a national debate no, it's and... not a ma- na- na- not a national matter of blah fucking hell no wonder <laughs> Yeah, accept all <laughs> criticism of how we talk now, because apparently I've completely given up any ability to say any words properly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I Sorry, accepted with good humour, just being contrary. I, I do love the fact that there may be some of our listeners, obviously. We know, we know we've got some listeners in the in the UK. Uh, in the UK? In the US. I, I hope we got some in right, the UK. start over. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do enjoy the thought of somebody listening to, like, a Bristolian. Uh, I don't know why. It just kind of make, Especially when me and Terrell did the Evil Dead Rise episode. I was like, there's some people out there who've never been to Bristol, never will. And they're listening to two Bristolian fellas. Wax lyrical. That's a phrase right yes <laughs> wax lyrical about evil dead rise and i don't know just that just amused me in a way you use those different words as well yeah well then you use words that i've never particularly heard Mazinoff. Mazinoff. so talking about the, the the box office returns from boogeyman 2005 supernatural horror film starring emily de chanel not zoe de chanel um, any relation yeah, it's his sister. Sister who's in Bones. Remember that? You know that TV show, Bones. Oh, okay. Oh, it's all coming together. Um, 
But yeah, so so off the back of that, this Boogeyman film, which is of no connection because it's based on a Stephen King short horror story, um, 20 million worldwide debut so far, which I think is all right, isn't it? Considering it came out at the same time as Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. A, bu- a budget for, for the weekend over in the US, so sounds all yeah. right. 35 million pound budget. Um, I think it's looking pretty good for the first big... I guess big budget, but also um, big international blockbuster type horror movie for Rob Savage, aka Robbie Savage, as I referred to him last week. Um, <laughs> it's good, you know, it's good. British filmmaker out there doing the Lord's work. Um, I'm feel yeah, based on like something incredibly short, right? It's only like is it twelve pages or something? The I've not read it, game? you know. Like I did think about trying to read it before we came to record but you know got a job and stuff got to do it but um i do intend to read it but i think luke said last week that it's a very very short story right yeah and it kind of serves i believe as somewhat of a prequel to this rather than um a a, a, a adaptation of that exact story okay. so um prequel sequel i think i mean sequel yeah so like that's kind of happened this has happened this is next yeah um so yeah, that's pretty cool. Twenty million, um, worldwide, good numbers. Um, that was my first piece of news. The second piece of news is that Bird Box Barcelona teaser trailer, a Netflix movie which takes place at the same time as the original Bird Box, is well. The trailer is available now, but the premiere of the movie will be on the fourteenth of July. This kind of snuck up out of nowhere. I didn't realize this was a thing. Um, but interesting, you know, it's the the sort the sort of there's another story which takes place at exactly the same time as the first film. That's kind of interesting. I like that as a as an idea. I like it when it's used in uh, games like Resident Evil, for example. The fact that Resident Evil 3 takes place at the same time as Resident Evil 2. Um, yeah, I enjoy about it, Ben. Loving this alliterative title. Bird Box Barcelona. Oh, yeah. Where else could they do it? Bird Box Bradford. Bird Box Birmingham. Bird Box Boston. <laughs> Boston, yeah. Um, Boston. Um, Bird Box Buenos Aires, Bird Box Bolivia. That's good. That's more country though. I'll stick into cities. Uh, okay. Um, not, I, I've I've got I've taken issue with that for no reason. That's a perfectly legitimate suggestion. Sorry, okay. Andy. <laughs> I mean, if you can replace it with a city in Bolivia, then you're very welcome to. Um, Bird, Bird Box city. Brighton. Bird Box Brighton. That's good on the pier with your um, uh, with your blindfold on it doesn't matter does it because everyone's not about to see anything anyway <laughs> just make it an audiobook what was it it, it wasn't leggy venoms was it no you know what i haven't seen bird box original recipe i may cover it soon ben in my horror hangout bite bite size or bite-sized catch-up series where i catch up on movies that i haven't seen because they were before i joined the team um yeah but and yeah. we did I'm guessing we covered that then, yeah? Yeah, you did, did Bird Box as an episode. And I think oh, it's wow. it's the horrible things that if you see him, you just um you just yeah. go. It's the latest rally, in a series. You? It's the latest in a series of there's a creature that takes advantage of one of your senses. So it sees you, it gets you. Um Does it see you or make... do you have to see it or is it both? I guess if you have to see it, don't you? Can you see them when they're not looking and you're all right, or if you just have a little peep at them? It's too late. Not sure. Not sure. I do that thing all the time. You know, when you like pretend you got your eyes closed, but you're kind of like squinting through it. Yeah. I do that constantly. 
if 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 we discover alive? their powers, like then you then they'd probably get you. I reckon they get me. Yeah. Right, I'll, I'll hurry up and watch Bird Box then, so I'm ready to watch Bird Box yeah, Barcelona. I mean, to be fair, it looks almost exactly the same. Even the screenshots we're looking at look exactly the same, like a family making their way, yeah, somewhere. Uneasy alliance with survivors making their way towards a safe haven as the unseen creature grows, or the threat of the unseen creature grows. Um yeah interesting bird box universe wasn't something i kind of expected but let's do it i'll check it out i didn't hate bird box with uh old sandra bullock so let's give it let's give it a chance getting around in spain as well nice nice bit of scenery nice bit of sunshine That's true might Hopefully go we'll get to see bird it. box boast barcelona travel to the bernabeu travel to the bernabeu in madrid it's commutable <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm take. Why am I taking such such offence with your? Maybe geography? the sequel to this will be Bird Box Barcelona, where you take the bus to the Bernabeu. <laughs> well, yeah, that's much better. Bird Box Barcelona, taking the bus to the Bernabeu. Um, I like it. It sounds great. I'd do it. Who's driving the bus though? Because I'm assuming you've got to do it blindfolded, which seems incredibly dangerous. A blind bus driver who's driving the bus to the Bernabeu from Bird Box Barcelona. A blind bus driver called. Bertie. <laughs> Blind bus driver called Bertie is driving a bus to the Bernabeu from Barcelona and he's got a family of three on, on board. On board. There we go. Um, I'd watch it. I'd watch anything. Yeah, uh, I'm up for that. I'm going to catch up with the series, Bird Box. I think it did reasonably well, right? It's based oh, on a yeah. book. I'm book pretty Bird sure, Box Barcelona. I'm pretty sure it was one of the highest like streamed films when it came out as far as i'm aware as far as i'm aware on netflix i mean yeah it's like a netflix it, original release right didn't have a cinema don't think so no because i think i think it was lockdown was it no maybe no, not a little bit before a little bit before okay all blurs into one this time didn't it um i'm gonna have to try and find out what these what these creatures are supposed to look like or maybe i'm not even allowed to see them yeah maybe don't google it anybody listen at home because if you see them and that's that is indeed the thing that sends you funny then best yeah. not sends you funny i just love the i just love using that that scene as a gif you know where he's he's like str- spreading her eyes wide to make her look look at them look at them i just like using that as anything like you just roll your eyes back into your head ha got you under- <laughs> like the undertaker yeah <laughs> he'd be he's the ultimate weapon against them <laughs> exactly he'd walk around with his eyes wide open they'd be like oi look at me can't see me my eyes are back here my eyes are back here. See you later. In the back of my head. Gutted. Um, okay, last bit of news is that the Wrong Turn creator, Alan B. McElroy, hopes to make two sequels to the 2021 reboot movie, which which we covered on the podcast. We're, I'm assuming were you involved in that? I was. I was in that one. Um, the thing I remember most about the Wrong Turn reboot is that it has more endings than Return of the King. Yeah. It's come out three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It has loads. You think that's the end, do you? Well, you you're sorely mistaken because yeah, we've not. come to your, we've come to your house now. All right then, but it's ended now. You've taken me into the car, right? No, no, still going, still going on. Basically, that film's still still going on. If you kept watching, there'd be another ending. So Several endings. Go- each little scene <laughs> implies that it's wrapping up, but then it goes on for just two minutes longer. It just goes nah. Um, 
so obviously the wrong turn reboot was very very different to the series of movies that came before it where they were making they're all like inbred hillbilly uh, mutants or something like that and this one's more um folk- like a survivalist society right like an isolationist society that live in yeah the woods yeah. um I- it was it was it was an interesting change certainly a less probo change and mm. apart from like the what's it called ludo narrative dissonance where your main character goes from survivor survivor in a traumatic time so absolutely skilled murderer would slit your throat yeah. as soon as look at you can kill people <laughs> in an instant it's like like the real lara croft situation about that yeah one minute one minute really losing a lunch over um, you know, having to kill a deer to eat and survive, and then two minutes game time later, shooting a man to death execution style, pickaxing someone face. else in the back. It's definitely Lara Croft's scenario, isn't it? Because are you talking like the 20, 2010, 2016, the the re, the reboot of the, the new reboot, trilogy. yeah, where she was like, you you had to you were crying when you as you murdered somebody, and two two seconds later you're getting you getting literal got, kill streaks. Got like a climbing axe and literally just embedding it in the back of the dude's head while he's asleep. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty much that, yeah. But uh, you know what? I, I can't really remember massively. Don't think I hated it. So I'd turn up for again, another one. That's fine. I'd turn up for another one, but I'd take the right turn into the cinema. The cinema. Not the wrong turn and then be like, oh, fucking hell, D- wasn't even a film on. <laughs> It wasn't even a film on, mate. I just watched. I watched the Fire Escape for two hours. Just looked at it. Went to the pub and played a game of snooker. Didn't even win. Didn't even win. Winner stays on as well. So the guy, the guy was brilliant. Just stayed on there for the whole evening. Put fifty p on the table and someone ignored it. He actually worse. Ah, oh, that is the worst. Apparently, that wasn't how you play locally. You don't get to put fifty p on the table. It's your next go. Don't give a fuck. Uh. Okay, well, that, that's all I've got down for news. I guess we do what we've been watching, even though... I mean, it's only been several days since our last recording. Yeah, we recorded Alice. late last week, early this week. Yeah, <laughs> you know we've done. We've started late and finished early. Um, <laughs> like outfits from that excellent anecdote last we week. We sure Alice. have. Um, yeah. I tell you what, I only touched on it... I touched on it just as we were closing yesterday, but I've continued to play more Vampire Survivors. Not usually into roguelike games where you're going through, you know, you play another run at this little game and then you'll unlock more stuff, but mm. it's really clicked with me. Little retro, retro looking, like almost 8 bit graphic style, just waves oh, nice. and waves of little vampires coming to get you and um, unlocking more characters, unlocking more weapons, getting the different builds that you want. Uh, it's very good at drip feeding this stuff. So I've continued to play that instead of any of the hundreds of like high-resolution AAA games that I need to play through. But I've also mm. had time to watch watch one film, which was The Influencer, another new one over on Shudder. Let oh, me tell yes. you who is in The Influencer. If I can. Oh, so that's the, like. that's the, new, the new Shudder original, isn't it? Is that right? Yes. Is it a Shudder original? Okay. Yeah, it's a 2022 film directed by Curtis David Harder, not Harbour. Um, be careful who you follow. See, follow not only in real life, but also, you know, on social media. Um, yeah. While struggling on a solo backpacking trip in Thailand, social media influencer Madison meets CW, who travels with ease and shows her a more un- uninhibited way of living. 
But CW's interest in her takes a darker turn. CW? CW is her name, yes. That doesn't roll off the tongue at all. They call her CW. They don't call her Koo or anything like that. That doesn't roll off the tongue at all. That's not short, surely. Surely, If if her name was Clarissa... Williams. Williams. You know, Clarissa Williams, CW. It feels like the same amount of effort. Yeah. What's she playing at? Especially this is a fictional character and you could have called her anything. Literally could have called her anything, yeah. Could have called her just C. Um yeah. you know what? It was it was it was interesting. It had some predictable elements to it, like you know, it's got like a single white female swim fan kind of thing, whereas like someone who is becomes mm. obsessive and you know, she has some sinister plans for these people. Um it's also got some real real douchey like additional characters who you kind of root for the murder the murder woman cw saying actually i kind of hope you get away with this they were they were a bad sort but it's got some interesting things in it and it's got a nice bit of tension so you know what if you've got shudder stick it on support new content so you've done a bite-sized episode on that I have, as it happens, recorded one a little bit early today. So, or bite size. Full thoughts I could on say that. bite size. I think, I think you can say either of those things. No one's going to throw you out for it. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I recorded one on that. So, uh, listen back to my thoughts and a little bit more of the details on the plot, should you so wish. Patreon. Get yourself on Patreon. We've got official uh, Patreon only content. And that content is available for anyone who supports us on Patreon. It's not like locked away beneath the. the more expensive um what word am i thinking of tears tears correct uh for as little as one dollar a month and i think now that we've hit a bit more of a stride with the bite-sized stuff a wealth of content coming your way yeah i think we're gonna be a lot more regular yeah so that was that was just that was the only one you got down for this week that's the only one in the in the last few days apart from the film of the week how about you anything new um, so I watched for the first time the Pow Keepsy tapes, Pukeepsy oh, okay. tapes, Puff Keepsy tapes. Who knows how to say it? Um, I don't, even though he said it lots and lots of times in the film. Seems like I've forgotten. Um, so this is like a found footage slash, no, no, not found footage, more like mockumentary that uses footage that was filmed by like a, a murderer as well. It feels more true crime than horror. It feels very like laid out like that, where it's just like, how could it get worse? Well, it could. Here's something else that's really horrible. It's got loads of like shocks and it's got a bit of like torture, torture porn okay. um, type scenarios, but a few visuals in it that are really quite creepy, quite uh, eerie as well. It's kind of just, I mean, it's only like 80 minutes long. I feel like it could have worked well um, if it was a bit longer, even if it was like a mini series or something, because I feel like it gets resolved quite quickly. Um, a, a bit more tension could have probably gone a bit gone a bit further. But still, I think it's good. It's directed by um, John Eric Dowdle, who also directed As, a, As Above, So Below. And that film Devil, where everyone's in a bloody, everyone's in a bloody lift. And one of them's a devil, apparently. Oh, I'm just now picturing how that looks. Is it because they somehow get devil into elevator? Yeah. Is that right? That's the D. No, no, no. It's like D-E and then the V is like the down. Ah, right? uh, The down yes. of the elevator. That's right, yeah. I remember. And then there's like a, a red light in the crack of the of the elevator door and underneath it, and it looks like an upside down crucifix. That's right. I haven't seen that. I have seen that, but not for a long time. 
Yeah, me too. I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, yeah, so I watched the pack Poughkeepsie tapes. <laughs> it's a really difficult word to say. I don't know what's going on when I look at it. Um, and then the only other thing really that I'm going to mention is that I picked up a copy of Buffy the Vampire Slayer Chaos Bleeds on PS2, and I've played maybe like the first four levels, and they're quite extensive, these levels, you know? And as somebody who never played the Buffy, the original Buffy game, because I think it was on Xbox only, and I was, I was a PlayStation kid, but I never had this one either. I'm surprised how well this plays, you know? For somebody who's very, very used to modern games and, you know, um, games giving you hints and games kind of holding your hand and everything's so fluid in terms of combat and stuff, this holds up. I don't know what year it came out, but obviously ps2 era so like mid 2000s or noughties if you like uh yeah it's it holds up really well you can like swap between characters you can be buffy you can be spike you can be xander willow um, all the main all your main dudes yeah uh, and i think there's ability to unlock characters as well loads of weapons quite a few different like um enemy types and sometimes with these older games especially if you've never played it before so you haven't got the nostalgia you can get a bit bored quite quickly, can't you? We're just like, yeah. oh, this is oh, this is useless. What? Why am I wasting my time with this? Didn't feel like that, and I've stepped away from it, and I kind of feel like I want to go back to it. So, um, I only p- picked up for like seven or eight quid, just in a down at your local game down at your local CX down at your local Pink Planet, um, <laughs> and yeah. So if you if you've got it in your collection. And I've just reminded you about it. Go and check it out because I mean, even like the voice acting, and I mean the quips and stuff are a bit repetitive, but still, it, that's, it holds that's up. What you, that's what you get from a game from that era, right? It, looking at some of the quips, it gave me a big vibes of. Do you play Primal on the PlayStation Two? Early oh. Sony PlayStation exclusive. Maybe it, I'm not sure. Let me have a look. Um, I'm not sure, but it's similar to that. Did you get? Is that third person sort of? Yeah, it's like a third person like action. Okay. No, I don't I don't think I did now, you know. But yeah, this was this was pretty good. I was I was pretty surprised. There's been a few sort of PS2 games that I've sort of dived back into after a while, especially on PlayStation Plus, but I've not really been gripped by them. That's the thing. If you didn't play it when you were younger, it feels like there's not that extra reason to go and commit to it, is there? Some things, I think things particularly of that era, so Dumbing it right to PlayStation eras, PS1, PS2 stuff I find is the hardest to go back to because there were certain things that mechanically didn't quite, hadn't quite worked out yet, right? Like the way that a lot of things in 3D worked, whereas older yeah. stuff, 8 and 16 bit stuff, is reasonably easy to go back to because it appears stylized rather than just aged. Yeah, that's true. But, um, oh, good. I'm mm. glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, but that is pretty much it um, for me. I've not really seen anything else this week. Uh, this, that is horror or horror adjacent. But the only further thing is The Boogeyman, which the both of us have seen. The Boogeyman. Um, which is good. You know, if one of us had seen it, it would be pretty difficult to make this podcast work. But we've both seen The Boogeyman, which came out just this week. Um, so The Boogeyman is a 2023 American supernatural horror film directed by Rob Savage. Um, from a screenplay by Scott Beck and Brian Woods. And as we worked out, those two fellas... Oh, wait, Mark Kamen as well. Sorry to leave you out, Mark Kamen. Um, were involved in A Quiet Place. And I get the I get the old Quiet Place flavors all over this film. Um, it's based on the 1973 short story of the same name by Stephen King. The film stars Sophie Thatcher, uh, Chris Messina, Vivian Lyra, 
Vivian Lyra Blair and and I love this actor, but uh, I struggle with his name. David Dasmalshian. Yeah, looking forward that guy. to looking forward to David in um, Last Voyage of the Demeter later this year. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, so he's in loads of stuff. Obviously, originally, well, the first role I remember seeing him in was The Dark Knight when he's like one of Joker's um, henchmen, not henchmen, but one, one of, of Joker's... his fellas. One of his fellas who who basically gets threatened by uh, Harvey Dent. Then obviously he was in plenty of other. He was in Ant Man films as as one of um one of Paul Rudd's crew, the Russian guy. Uh, he's in Dune, isn't he? He's in. I haven't Dune. seen Dune yet, you know. Uh, um, yeah. But I and know Suicide he's Squad, sort of... the Suicide Squad as well. He's in as the as Polka Dot, just Polka Dot, Polka Dot Man, Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man. So um, yeah, he's. Coming into his own is a really fun actor. I'm looking forward. I feel like, doesn't he also feature on In Search of Darkness a little bit as well? So I think he's outed himself. Oh, as a yeah, of course. Fan. So big horror fan. Yeah. It's good to see that he's actually getting to make some films in the genre that he enjoys as a viewer. Yeah. 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 Get a and bit he's, emotional. And there. he's good in this for the, I mean, a bit like the other crazy man in uh, Friday the 13th. He's here for a good time, <laughs> not for a long time, but it's good to see him. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, and a brief synopsis is, still reeling from the tragic death of their mother, a teenage girl and her younger sister find themselves plagued by a sadistic presence in their house and struggle to get their grieving father to pay attention before it's too late. Pay attention, grieving father. God, I know you've got other things on, but uh, and a a full-time job from home as well. But still, um, 6.2 on IMDb. 62% 62% critic score and 66% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. 3.0 on Letterboxd. Choice reviews coming up for you, Mr. Conduit Turner. Mm. Devin Sterling says, nothing horrible or offensive. It's just a generic watered-down PG-13 horror movie of constant jump scares. It's a hell of a lot better than Children of the Corn, though. That's for sure. That's for sure. Three stars. Devin Sterling. Did I say who it was already? This yeah. This one made me chuckle. Everyone in everyone would have died in England because the dads would say it's like Blackpool Illuminations in here and turn on the lights off. <laughs> Very good. The only cultural difference, me being from the Midlands, is that my dad would have called it Warsaw Illuminations. Oh, I like it. What are Warsaw Illuminations? The Black strange. Country's answer to going to Blackpool. Down south in Bristol, they would have said Blackpool Illuminations. Because you guys are used to the coast, we don't like to be reminded that I was grew up in the <laughs> literal place in the UK. Not a big island, the fucking furthest place from the sea ever. Oh, right. Uh, if you're on fire, you'd have miles to run. So you yeah. can put yourself out. Um, that's That was Faye, and she gives it two and a half stars. Um, Alfie Parsons says, glad to see Rob Savage has absolutely got the juice to do bigger movies following host and dash cam. Great set pieces, just surrounded by a very, very naff script, especially a final conflict. Three stars. And then James Cox says, not a single flashlight in sight. Genuinely scary moments throughout, so I'm happy. Three stars. Now, in terms of the the reviews I chose, three stars being the highest maybe gives you an idea of how this has been received, like critically, or at least from like horror movie fans as well. Obviously, we've reviewed Host and Dashcam on this show. (laughs) And I think we were highly positive about both of those films um but i guess what this feels like is um a very a, a director of a very distinctive style an idea of what horror should be being given money and probably like a lot of studio input 
um and obviously yeah. free free writers on the script as well um for a project that was shelved when disney acquired fox right so this one okay. was going to happen a while ago i can see here so it was announced in june 2018 with mm. beck and woods writing the screenplay cancelled when disney acquired fox but they resurrected it basically with rob savage obviously mm. it would have been cancelled before rob savage really came to prominence with host because that was during lockdown um yeah you're right i think I'm going to have positive things to say about it. And I'm going to have positive things in the beats to say about it. We can overall sum it up. I think there is some good filmmaking here. There are some good performances in this film as well. But I came away a little disappointed that uh, a director that I really enjoyed because of a very distinct style, a very, um, you know, a notable personal touch, you know, that you kind of get completely different from but think about last week you know we watched the Sam Raimi movie and you can see when you watch a movie by that director that they did it mm -hmm. you know you can watch a few minutes of an Evil Dead film or um, Drag Me to Hell or something along those lines even Spider-Man 2 and if you, know, if you know anything about that filmmaker you could say I can tell that that's the same person mm -hmm. and I think Rob Savage as a director has those traits of his own about him that you could recognize something that he has done and i think it's kind of lost in this um hollywood um production uh with mm -hmm. the input they're likely to have gotten it's nothing to do with the money behind it but i think it's the control that you give up to access that money that i has think... maybe stifled his style a little yeah and i think let's try and be positive about it because i think if either of us had made two films using it based on our own style and we suddenly got Hollywood came a call in and said, develop this story by Stephen King. Um, uh, there are going to be multiple writers involved and, you know, it might not be your exact vision, but you know, if your name is out there further and you're making money from oh, the yeah. studio, who knows what opportunities are going to come your way. So I don't know. I feel like I would have, me personally, I'd love to have tackled, like, especially Stephen King, you know, no matter what it was, I think I'd be like, oh, God, this is, as long as he's happy. You know, we see him tweet a lot now, Stephen King, these days, where he says, like, saw this, thought it was great, saw this based on my property, thought it was great. Um, I think he's probably got a bit more, in in his older years, a bit more chill, maybe, <laughs> rather than yeah. hate and everything, because he hated, obviously, The Shining and uh, numerous, numerous other things that, that were developed from his, his stories. I, no, I'd agree. Well, and I don't think I, I would, I agree with you, Ben, I wouldn't criticize the decision to take this job or to have these opportunities to promote or to make what is on track to be a successful movie. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would applaud those decisions. And I'm also really happy to see a director whose work I like find bigger audiences because, you know, you can't take for granted for the fact that that's the normal shit munchers out there and they won't know what, who Rob Savage was from, the films that we know him from potentially um but i think it's fair criticism on the studios to say when you've got mm. a director with a you know with like a unique vision and like a unique way of presenting things and being able to deliver on scares yeah invite them in a little bit more maybe let your hand off the lead a little bit more even if it's just, hey, you have to narratively do this, but 
hey, creatively, what have you got for, say, for example, one of those action sequences, one of the set pieces, maybe the yeah. finale, like, what can you give us that's a little bit different in this section? Yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like maybe, obviously I won't know this until we've read more behind the scenes stuff or whatever, or, you know, more stuff comes out over time. It feels like there might have been some pressure to play what have been safe options. Well, this is the thing, like in terms of films that it feels like Smile being one of them. Um, now, we mentioned this before the show, the talk of trauma and grief being attached to like a physical, physical being. Um, I think years ago, that was quite unique, especially when we saw it in things like The Grudge. Um, I think now we see it in, it's been The Boogeyman, it's been Smile, Babadook. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned Silent Hill in terms of like games as well yeah, that kind of think, kind of take advantage of that. Yeah, I think for me the Babadook maybe stands out as the strongest example too, and it feels like a lot visually comes from that as well. That the corruption that spreads across the house brought about by grief. Mm -hmm. But you know, you're right. It's quite a heavily played thing now, and this is perhaps much like one of our reviewers that you chose said. I think a lot of it comes from the script that was given and there's not very much to differentiate it from any of these things some of which have done it more notably um in different ways you know attaching trauma or neglect or the ongoing impacts of a loss to a family and things like that i think they've a lot of that has been played out and i didn't see much from a script point of view that was very different or a very different approach to that versus what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I think in terms of, if we are going to compare it to something like smile, I had a lot more problems with that than I did with this. I feel like it could have, it could have been a lot better. There were plenty of moments where it felt like they didn't take advantage of, of what it could be. And it did feel a bit generic in places, especially with the creature um, it felt very a quiet place. It felt very um. What else have we seen that kind of looks like these things we've already mentioned a few times? Uh, life, venom, like basically anything yeah. where there is a monster that is functionally a black ooze. And we do get a little bit more detail in the final scenes of the movie, and we will come to that where we see a bit more of its of its detail. But it's functionally kind of a gangly black shape for the most part right yeah slenderman I mean, in fact but you know less well dressed it's kept in the dark for like pretty much the entirety of it we see flashes of it yes um i guess with films like this me personally i think it works the best when you when you see as less as possible however me i'm still eager to see more if that makes sense i think mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it works the best but when you see more maybe not so much and some of the details looked all right, uh, smart. To be fair, smile in terms of the reveal of of what this creature manifests itself at at the end is quite unique and quite strange and interesting. Whereas this, yeah, it just feels kind of, kind of, yeah, kind of generic, and especially, yeah, the action set pieces and the way it kind of, I guess, a bit paint by numbers, really, isn't it? It's like a fret. There's some sort of threat, some sort of supernatural threat that seems to be haunting you. You find somebody who's dealt with it before. You go to them. You find out a bit more. Um, you take matters into your own hands because other people around you aren't believing you. Do a bit of investigating. Do a bit of investigating. And then there's a big final battle, and that's kind of it. Um, 
and then maybe a little a little hit a at, little the end, at the end. It's not it's all like, over. Oh, is it is it really gone? Is there still a boogeyman? Yeah, and I felt yeah, it felt very yeah. I guess safe is the question is is the is the word to to mention. Um, it's especially of how much great original horror we get. I just feel like some of these films get stuck with this sort of supernatural, um, fret thing going on. I mean, a, per- a perfect example for like a a episode we did fairly recently with Terrified, the Argentinian movie, that had so much going on that made me genuinely feel creeped out. Yeah. But it just feels that these these films. I mean, I'm just talking about Boogeyman and Smiles, essentially. It just feel like a very watered down version of what could be a really scary film. Yeah, and I think the the piece with the metaphor as well, uh, similar similarly with Smile, I kind of struggle with when it comes to the resolutions towards the end. Actually, Smile maybe holds on to it a little bit more, whereas this mm. one, it is a metaphor for not tackling grief and neglecting the family and not being open and speaking to one another. Yeah. But then in the end, it is a monster that you can fight. And, you know, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. You're about to get into it properly. I'm about to talk about the end in brief before we get to the full plot synopsis. In the end, the thing that you do is kill it with fire. And there isn't a, you know, they they do come together as a family after the fact, but that's after they fought a monster. It isn't, it doesn't defeat it on a metaphorical level. You kill it because there's a fire. And it and it mm-hmm. doesn't like fire because someone mentions it earlier that that's what man used to fend off monsters yeah. from the dark early and, on. And, and it's again, it's another one of those. A lot of films do this where they sort of talk about a creature or something that's been around forever. It's been around since the dawn of time, and it's just been picking like Valak, off, you know, and like the nun always. Yeah, was. like Valak and the nun. So it's like, well, you just you just kill it with fire, and it's like, okay, well, how is it still existing? I kind of like the idea of the fact that it moved from person to person. I guess smile is similar in that way, yes, but it moved from person to person by sort of traveling. I don't know, it felt kind of unique, the fact that it traveled, the grief traveled with this guy into a different household which had experienced grief. Because, and ooh, a bit, of, bit of grief, lovely tasty bit of grief around here. And then it just like, it existed in in closets, for example. However, I don't think that always entirely made sense because it was like in a closet at someone's house and then it managed to get to a closet somewhere else. And I just think, if you've got... Uh, if in Monsters, Inc. world, can it go Is it Monsters, Inc. world? <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. It's basically bloody Monsters, Inc. world, um, which I think would make would work well as a horror He's movie, a rogue employee. He's exactly. He's gone right off the rails. He's um Steve... What's the one Steve Buscemi voice The little, the little lizardman. One. Little lizardman. He's basically that. This is this is a Monsters, Inc. reboot. This is a... a a, a gritty reboot of Monsters Inc. Yeah, uh, but of a boogeyman. I don't know. I was kind of expecting something more man-like, you know? Yeah, some more man-like. Because I'd be like, I look at that and I go, I ain't calling that the boogeyman. That's some sort of leggy. It's a leggy venom. Man. That's a leggy venom, but no, it's it's man. I don't know. I felt like it would have been scarier if it was some kind of man because it could do a human voice. But oh, now still. I'm thinking of it like. I mean, creepiest of all, if we had all these elements, um, you know, Wolf of Snow Hollow factors, I don't think I'd have been against that if it had loads of elements of it being an unseen and creepy force that's supernatural. Sort of, and then at the end, it just turns out that it's a horrible man that's crept into their house the whole time. It's a fella. It's just a fella. 
It's just what's bloody, his name? It's a, like it's bloody tombs. He's played tombs. He can squeeze in anywhere he wants. It's a. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I'm disappointing myself now. And again, a slightly supernatural thing. You know, it doesn't have to. We can have some supernatural elements or like open to interpretation elements. Um, I guess it sounds like we're being really negative, but I do think some things, some things did kind of work for me. I don't think they worked all the way. No, it's good. Sense. It's good to get these things out in the open, Ben. We're in a we're in a safe space. Opinions <laughs> are welcome here. We're not professional film, not professional film people. Um, but. It's safe to get these things out, and we are going to go through it. And as we get to those beats that I enjoyed, yeah. I've got I've got some good I've got some good stuff to say. But I think it's okay to start with these moments because I think it's having loads of good people and good things that are working on something which I think structurally maybe had its maybe had its time and its moment a few years ago, and mm-hmm. maybe could have been something more. But I get a feeling was maybe thought from a structure and theming view, mm-hmm. someone at an executive level. And I never like being critical of creators that um, that can do phenomenal things that I couldn't do, given all the time and money in the world. But very happy to criticize executives that make decisions. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that's where I think that's where the root of the things that made this not as strong as it could have been. Yeah, Come I from. think if we're going to talk about positives, I think some of the cast were good. Sophie Thatcher as Sadie, yeah, Harper, uh, the lead was good. I think Christopher Messina as well, so the dad was all right. I kind of wanted a bit more from him, but I think maybe he was supposed to be like that a bit sort of distant. just an absent dad, right? Like just an absent dad, yeah, didn't do very much. It was all on the two sisters, really. Yeah, Vivian Lyra Blair as Sawyer. Um, I'll tell you I'll tell you what is good. We'll get to it as well. But the way they use a video game in this to That was good. Yeah. That was good. That was very interesting. We'll get to that. Yeah. Oh, um, I'll tell you what, we also give the the friends from school as well. I think this only works in in I think this only works in the US where if people I think if that that girl, the friend that isn't really a friend, was being that much of a bitch, most people would slap them and do exactly what that does and people wouldn't bat an eyelid at it yeah like it, a, a, a british school Ooh. someone would have asked her politely i know my mom is dead but do you, can you also and while she's thinking about that nutter and say <laughs> stitch that um <laughs> stitch that together oh, yeah, stitch, that, but yeah Glasgow kiss yeah but yeah um there's, there's some there's some room to work on though i don't think people are that just nakedly awful and they oh, aren't yeah. getting called up on it but because that's um, the thing. I almost felt like, so there's a scene, uh, we'll get to this because this is one thing that I felt was represented a bit better because I think high school kids these days, while you of course do get bastards, you're bound to, um, it's not the same as perhaps as kids were represented in mid-2000s, maybe earlier than that, where you know you go to school and there are pretty much everyone's horrible. The fact that everyone was saying to 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 Sadie, sorry your mum died. Like I think that's quite realistic. Yeah. I think that this they've generation's all, definitely got a bit more in They've all got of, a brand to promote. We've got a brand to promote. So you want to be uh you want to be sympathetic to Gotta work it. on you gotta work on that personal brand. So not being a dick <laughs> is probably the way to go. So this the Harper family with the sisters and their therapist dad will they're struggling to come to terms with the death of their mum who well not Will's mum. 
his wife, who she died suddenly in a car crash. But I don't think we actually know that for a while, do we? We, no, just know that we she's find died. out that she's died and he mentions a crash later. But before we get that, sorry to drag you back in time, Ben. But we get a little cold open. Oh, God, open. yeah. I completely forgot with, about the cold open. With a little dot in a, in a bed, having a lovely sleep at night. Got the, got the light mobile on. And then a um, the door opens um, in the house. And we get a wibbly-wobbly voice saying, All right, it's your daddy be it's your scared. daddy don't be scared yeah i'm not scared because my dad always talks like that which is lucky yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sake i was asleep he's like don't be scared is that daddy? i wasn't thanks you're not gonna avoid yeah. me being scared shutting up shutting um, up leave me alone this is quite <laughs> yeah. a good little shot there where it like pans around the room isn't it yeah and the spooky man comes in and basically <laughs> crunches little babby's head like a cabri's mini egg I mean, yeah, it's brutal, isn't it? Like, I think when you realise that already we've got a fatality of 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 a of a of a kid already in this opening scene, we kind of we're made to think that perhaps this film isn't going to take any prisoners. Yeah. Um, Thing is, I think that is they've have they do you reckon they've blown their controversy load in the the opening scene? No, you've crunched a kid, you've crunched the toddler's head like a Cadbury's mini egg. You're not doing can't anything kill else. Any, can't kill any more kids, unfortunately. He's like, damn. God damn. Uh yeah. But it's it's a it's a decent cold open. It's a good like shot that like pans around the room. Um yeah, and then we flash forward. Well, I don't know how much further forward. No, it just, is, but... just a little bit, right? Because then we you see bit, yeah. the Harper family getting ready. Their mom died in a car accident a month ago. Yeah. Um and there it's gonna be their first day back at school. First day back at school, um, the dad, Will, is kind of back to work doing... He's like a therapist and he's got people coming to the house. He's got a client like before the kids even leave for I school. Oh, I guess it is convenient. For the, I guess it's convenient for the user because it might be before their workday starts as well. So that's a good on you, Will. You're making... In this hustle-heavy world, you're making sure you're accessible to patients at what are going to be premium hours for them and the pay the patient mustn't knows what he's gone through as well because she says all my problems seem like nothing compared to yours um and he's like it's like oh no 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 reason to not have therapy about it no, i would still continue to, yeah. to engage with that so and i thought this was going to come into it as well because it seemed to be it's like what are you afraid you know what are you afraid of well, i'm afraid i'm afraid my partner doesn't love me um mm. well what are you really afraid of Oh, I, I'm afraid of being on my own. And he's like, and that's what we have to work on. So we, his conversation about how ta- how you should tackle fear and reflect on that and what you should concentrate what you're afraid of and mm-hmm. then how you can overcome those things. I was like, oh, trip that little thing there. So it's going to be about overcoming. No, no, that doesn't come up again, everybody. Discard that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Yeah. Um, so we're introduced obviously to Sadie and Sawyer. Sadie's like uh, struggling to sleep and no, sorry, Sawyer's struggling to sleep. Sadie is like wearing her mum's clothes. Obviously, that's one way that she's coming to terms with it. Um, but yeah, when she goes to school, rather than so like it's, it's her friend Bethany, but also she's joined like a new clique of girls um, who oddly kind of treat Sadie with 
disdain, despite the fact her mum's just died. Like, it's almost yeah. like she's coming back and getting involved in our friendship oh. group. Backhanded compliment to begin with. It's like the, one of the girls says, oh, I love your dress. It's really a, really a statement, isn't it? And then the it's worst... Like, you the you worst could pull one. that off. Yeah. It's a perfectly normal dress. It's a perfectly normal dress, but they're like, whoa, this is a bloody statement, isn't it? Yellow. Oh, um, yellow after Labor Day. My God, that's why after Labor Day, but like it's um yeah, it's it's an odd one, but then she's also quite upset already because in opening her locker, the last lunch that oh. her mom had packed for her, yeah, is in there and it's gone rancid. So she's got rancid lunch in her hands, and then the worst of the ones who is have a look here. Uh, yeah, which which is the worst one? There is Daddy Nichols a... plays Natalie. Yeah, that's a yeah. Because Beth Bethany is like her friend, but then there are others who who. But basically, aren't... she's she's made friends with these other girls, and she comes in and is like openly an absolute cow, and then when smushes, um, smushes her, how did she smush the rancid lunch on her? It doesn't. It's an I accident. Think, that... Yeah, I think Sadie basically takes offense to what she said. So, oh no, because um, the girl basically goes, "Oh, isn't it weird? Is this not? Is this you like not moving on?" By yeah. She says it's creepy as well, but I'm doing like, that. Oh, have and, a little bit of yeah, yeah. you. And then she smushes basically rancid old lunch into the dress from her from her mom. And again, yeah. I think this is a moment that took me out of it. Like, I think you can say a lot for the world, my real real life horrors. I, I feel like that. I feel like that girl's that that girl's cancelled at this point, right? That girl's. Ca- I feel like maybe if this was like a few days into, but it's literally the first minutes of Sadie's first day back after her mum dying. Like, if I feel like dramatic, I feel like you're done. I feel like done. you're you're cancelled. The school is probably suspending you. No one speaks to you ever again. She might as well disappear Cause, like cause Infinity she la- War. Because she laughs as well, doesn't she? She like yeah. smushes the rancid lunk lunch like you would i think almost anybody would be like oh my god i'm so sorry like even like if that. you were an absolute dickhead you'd you'd be like oh I, like, I didn't mean that actually that was an accident it just got out of hand I, i'm I, yeah. i'm not i'm not bad maybe if you were laughing to yourself like ha, 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 look into the camera but <laughs> she is like nakedly awful she's like ha. and what what i like i said is like that's it that's the only excuse i need to just go home see you later Oh, we've all been there when we've been at, when we've been at uni. I'm like, oh, I tell you what, I know I'm at the station, but if I don't get to my platform in the next twenty minutes, I'm going to miss my train and not be able to go. <laughs> I just watch your train. You you could catch your train. It's you if you'd had a light jog, you'd get it, but you can't be bothered. I don't like jog. If I walk over there, I'll get it. And then the conductor says, "Don't worry, mate. There's going to be another one in twenty minutes." Ah, mm. uh, twenty minutes behind. That's all right. I'd say I miss my train. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she's like, I'm gonna so go home. Can... Yeah. Um I mean we'll cover it later, but she does go to the home. Probably I can suspend disbelief then, right? I can suspend disbelief that there's a boogeyman that's gonna be in your cupboards that lives in darkness and is attracted to tragedy and sadness and yeah. that bites babies' heads off and does all sorts of these horrible things. One thing I cannot understand and cannot get on board with this. What the fuck is this washing machine in their house? <laughs> oh yeah, just it outside light- the bedroom door, like on the landing. It's on the landing. It lights up. It's, it plays a tune, 
Um, yeah, they've got a three-story house. These guys yeah. have got these guys have a room dedicated to an art studio. If somebody said, "Where are we going to put the washing machine? Put it put it in the hallway on the second floor," you'd be like, "Are you nuts?" It's like that moment in Peep Show when uh, Superhands when they buy a pub and he says. Nah, that washing machine, get rid of it. No, we'll keep it in here. It'll freak them out. They'll be like, oh, I need a pint. It's that sort of thing. <laughs> it's, it's just like... there. It's down the corridor from a bedroom and it lights up. If it was outside your room as well, you could hear it. Hear it going, couldn't you? I mean, I take it it's a condensing washer dryer because mm. the dad gets out some dry, the dry dress later on. So it must be for the dry. So, I mean. I thought you were going to say then that the thing you couldn't believe was that someone would just waltz into your house uninvited. No, I believe that. Just don't believe where yeah. they put this washing machine. Yeah. Who designed this bloody house? If this was on Grand Designs, they're building it. Kevin McLeod well, would come around. He'd give so, all so sorts of shit for that. The mum's an artist. She might be a bit kooky. She might be a bit like, what's that? Washing machine in the utility room? Absolutely not. Put it in the hallway upstairs. They've and got down a basement. In the... <laughs> yeah, they have got a basement. Like, don't worry. Don't worry about that. Um... Yeah. Washing yeah. machine. I kept thinking the washing machine. I kept thinking the washing machine was going to come into it because it lit up, and the boogeyman is scared of light. I thought something's going to happen Get where someone there. ends up in the washing machine like that, and then the boogeyman comes along and goes. The boogeyman comes on and goes, "Cold wash. See <laughs> you later." <laughs> I don't understand. Like weird choices for light up washing machines. Yeah. Um. But meanwhile, before she gets home and puts the wash on, because that happens in a little bit, um, Will is just hanging out at home, and then um, Lester Billings wanders That's a in. great name. Yeah, it's a good NPC name. <laughs> hey, <laughs> name's Lester Billings. Great to meet you. Lester Billings, normal man. He walks in and basically <laughs> sits down and says, oh, can I do a consultation, please? Because oh, He says, I've got a free hour. Sister- Got a free hour, but he still makes him fill out all the forms. That's 20 minutes down already. Yeah, it's like, ah, this counts. Um, yeah, so he fills it in because the guy basically says, please see us because like, I've got to talk to someone about it. Can't tell the police because I haven't committed a crime, even though everybody says I did. Um, Why is he allowed to walk free then? If everyone thinks he's committed a crime, like, what have they done? Just questioned him? I think him it's just the gone... court of public opinion, but there's no proof. Oh, the see, DA won't, won't prosecute. Um, and he says he can't see a priest because he's not Catholic. I think if you've been taunted by a boogeyman, mm. you'd probably be a right to convert to a religion, right? See a priest, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a religious man, but I, if I felt the need, maybe I'd go and see a priest. Just see what he says. Just get a, just get a, just get a, a point of view from any religion. And also, religion. if people think that you're being like, I mean, I don't know. Is there a, is there a test if you can't go to see the priest because you're not? Catholic? Are they going to say you Catholic? They do a pop just quiz. To say, yeah, I am. Um, what did Jesus have on? What what did, what presents did he get for his birthday? Not the first one from the Bible. <laughs> what did he get from his? For, what did he get for his fifth birthday? Catholic oh. and no. Oh, what did Jesus? Hang on a minute. But what Jesus? It was like he was born, and then he was then he was a man. Right? There was no in between. Did I that don't know. Get, there's, are there some middle chapters? I don't know. I don't know if we got. Um, Moody teenager Jesus. See, like young Jesus, like young Indiana Jones. Young Jesus. Going around. Young Sherlock Holmes. Just like, solving a few problems. Um, but but why why is... Sorry, I'm just making a mountain out of a molehill here. 
Why, if there's something supernatural happening, do you automatically go, oh, Christianity, I have the answers? Yes, because I guess if you think it's a devil, then then they're the opposite of that. Yeah, I guess so. It's not. Um, it's a leggy. It's a bloody leggy venom. Yeah, it's a leggy venom. You want to go and see, go to see Spider-Man, but he lives in New York. I don't think this is in New York. No. Um. So he does come along and says, "Oh, please talk to us." And he goes, "Okay, fill out your forms." Um. And um, Lester gets him to shut the cupboard door because it's looking at him ominously. Lots of cupboard door POV shots in this film. Lots of cupboard doors and like the cupboard doors are completely pitch black inside. Like I've got I've got a cupboard right here, right next to me, right? There's no there's no light source in there, but every single time I open the cupboard door, I I can see what's in there. I'm fine. Yeah. I look have a little look in. There we go. That's what I need. There's the broom. Literal broom closet. Get out. I um, feel like closets are misrepresented in this film as being scary. Well, for those of you who listened to my episode um with Nico when we did in when we did Insidious a few weeks ago, I think it's just a cultural thing that we don't understand over here, Ben. America does lights very differently. They don't have big lights like us. Yeah, I mean we talk about lighting in this film, like is a the, the the house is very low lit, but there's bound to be like, is there not access to some sort of brighter light? Because it's ridiculous. I'd be, I'd be, I would be stubbing my toe on every little surface. Yeah. If you had a boogeyman in your ass, I'd want LEDs everywhere, like an aeroplane. Yeah. Lighting up the pathways. And I'm not the big, I'm not the biggest fan of like a big light. I'll switch it off in most scenarios. But if I'm in a situation where I'm scared for my life, I'd like access to a big light. Big light on. Like, you know, I think it's just sensible for what was that noise? Is it a burglar? Is it a boogeyman? Big light on. Yeah, both both of those outcomes, it would be good to have the big light to back you up. I'd want like. I'd want like a master light switch in every room of the house that normally you don't use, but in case of an emergency, you press it and every light in the building comes on. Oh yeah, fantastic. I, mean, I won't I won't say the name out loud to induce her to start answering me, but if I had a certain digital assistant. I'd like to be able to give it a code word, like say red alert, and it puts all of the lights on to 300%. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, 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 on, yeah, put them all on dimmers. Put them all insane. I'd want it to be like the Alan Wake room where there's like not an ounce of shadow. Oh, yeah. A completely light area. We needed an Alan Wake in this game. In this game, <laughs> tons of in torches. this film. Because tons of torches and tons of batteries at, at arm's length at all times. But yeah, as as that previous um review mentioned, not a single flashlight or torch if you're in the UK was used in this movie. Only like sort of novelty lights, like Christmas a big lights, a big glowy moons, a um... big glowy moon, which is I feel like is handy to like roll into the direction of your yeah. But but that happened like three times as that sort of and each oh, that that was pretty good I think actually in terms of a in terms of a of, of sort of reveal in terms of using light. And I think it that yeah, it seems to remove flashlights because maybe like they're too that's too easy a thing to include. We want to include like a game, like for example, uh, when when Sawyer's playing PlayStation in pitch black darkness when there's a boogeyman around as well. Yeah, but he's square eyes, kid. Put a light on. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, yeah, it is it is funny with the choices of lighting, but we'll come to those guys for now. Lester's there and he's saying. Oh, but he family. So he's getting into all the paperwork in and he goes, 
can I just have, I'm just going to do a recording, but I do promise this is confidential. Uh, I won't be sharing any of this with uh, anyone. But if you say something that freaks me out even slightly, I will go and grass on these to the police, like immediately. Immediately, immediately. I'll just yeah, go. Not, ah, not even let, not even let him finish. Actually, uh, straight on it. Um, on it. So he starts saying like, "Oh, my my kids have died one by one, and now like something's something's after me. Um, so I need you to help me." And he goes, "Oh, my oldest drew a picture of it, and it looked like this." And that seems to be what gets him. He he looks at the drawing that we don't see at this moment and he goes, Yeah. Right, actually. Um, excuse me. Um, need a wicked shit, gotta go. And he's like, What? You do believe me though, right? And he goes, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just um just had uh, you know, here's early in the morning, I've had a couple of coffees, it's got it's got things moving, mate. I've just gotta so doesn't Lester say that his kids were killed one by one? One kid was killed by something that they thought was natural causes. Oh, he said, but... um, "Oh, it's like sudden, it's like sudden child death syndrome, right? It's like a, it's yeah. like a known thing." He says it by that, the name. It's almost acronym. like the trauma and the grief of that caused the boogeyman to then latch onto the, his family and then kill two more kids one by one. And he says, like they had the life sucked out of them, didn't they? So he's like, yeah. yeah. Did he? Yeah, had the, had the life sucked out of him. Um, and so the, the the dad, Will, just goes, yeah, yeah, just uh, off the toilet. I do definitely believe you, though, and I'll be back to talk to you in a minute. And he goes through. It's not even very far to the kitchen. He's like, hello, police. <laughs> hello, is that the yeah. police? I've got Lester, I've got Lester Billings here. Yeah, go, I know you haven't charged him anything, but I'd, come and fuck him up if you could. I think he might be quite dangerous. <laughs> um, come and fuck him up. Le- Lester Billings. I, I, what do you reckon his billing method was for paying for this session? He didn't um, pay, did he? Apple, Apple Pay. Probably just, he just probably got a little uh, card reader. Um, uh, but yeah, Lester Billings, he's yeah, grassing up Lester Billings, but he doesn't notice that Sadie has come home because, mm. as we mentioned, she's had enough of school. So has come to... Put her yeah, we, we see dress. her we see her bag like hanging up like on the banister, yeah. don't we? Yeah, and she's upstairs putting her mom's dress in the inexplicably and inexcusably placed washing machine. She sort of <laughs> pauses for a minute and gives it a little smell. Is it because maybe it still smells of her mom right now, or is she trying to yeah. work out what she's got on it? Like I was thinking oh, mayo's off. Uh, so I think she smelled it initially and she wore it because it smelled like her mum. And now because she's got that horrible rancid lunch on it, she's like, I'm smelling it again. Because it's probably not going to smell like her again. That's it. Yeah. Once I've once I've whacked it through this wash, that's it. It's done. Yeah. Smell. Maybe gone. trying to imagine this is what my sadly departed mom would smell like if she got covered in off mayo. Thank yeah, you. you have to use your imagination. Um, and yeah, so Lester Billings seems to like go upstairs, and we see this. We see this from um Sadie's point of view, where she's like thinks she hears a noise, and then she like calls her dad. She's still got. Both AirPods in, and she's listening to music while she goes. Dad, kids today, and what's it? that? Take one out at least. I think if you think you hear something dodgy, and then what she thinks she hears is like it sounds like some sort of struggle, some sort of fight going on. You can hear a couple of voices. I mean, me personally, I was like, the dad is fighting Lester Billings. Like, yeah, I thought bit... it might be something physical, or I wasn't sure if the boogeyman had got in him because we see just as uh, Will goes out the room the cupboard door that he's closed has come open again Oh yeah. and I was like okay does the boogeyman do a possession like it's going to be traumatised because he's going to 
Mm. He's going to get them, but it wasn't like that. We just heard like a <laughs> from the cupboard yeah. door. We hear some voices the and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and then, did you see him hanging up when they went in there? Behind uh, him. I don't know. Did I? Don't think so. We did. Was... I mean, I mean, we the audience did. I wonder if you saw him. Oh, okay. I don't know. When, if he's, I did, not... when she goes in the room, I mean. The the Flan man, Mike Flanagan, has trained me at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look in the background were... of bloody everything. There were a few moments like that that I did notice things, but I didn't don't think I noticed old Lester Billings hanging up. So he's hanging up there, um, you know, off the back of the door. I guess with a belt or something like that. I mean, difficult. I always think when I see that someone's hung themselves, I usually think about the logistics of it, like in those moments when you tried to hang yourself, like getting up there. Must be pretty, pretty difficult. And I think, like, obviously, films represent it completely differently. They represent it as like you hang yourself, you're dead. Whereas I think, like, it takes a lot longer than that. Yeah, I guess in reality, the the boogeyman has just done that too, and he's framed him as hanging himself. Yeah, it sounds like that, doesn't it? Yeah. So the boogeyman's, boogeyman's worried, him. you know, to a degree, worries about reprisals from the law or making it feasible that yeah. the police the police are going to go hmm. Open the boogeyman. This looks file. like a bloody. This looks like a bloody boogeyman's done this. I feel like the boogeyman would want um, plaudits for his kills as well, but apparently not. Rather, um, so rather yeah, works so, under the radar. So obviously, Sadie screams, finds the body in the mother's art closet. Dad appears right at the last second to cover her eyes, but you know it's too late. She's already seen a dead body. More trauma. Not only has your mum died, now a random man called Lester Billings has come into your house and hung himself, um, which is unfortunate for everybody. So. After that, everyone's obviously clearly disturbed. The police come over. There's obviously a pretty terrible moment where Sawyer's coming back from school in the school bus and you hear all the kids go, oh, no, is the dad dead now as well? Like, as they see a, bod- a body under a sheet being loaded into an ambulance. Um, and obviously Sawyer, but she comes in the house and sees her dad isn't dead. Um, but yeah, and I guess this is the start of a slow decline for everybody involved, Sadie Sawyer and Will, into into like the tra- into like the trauma and grief, but also seeing stuff. I mean, Will not so much, but still seeing stuff and the boogeyman getting its claws into into the family. Yeah. So the first is it? It's um, Sawyer. We have it first. We get this is another. Uh, she's already done one moon roll already, like rolled the moon into the thing. But she's the first one to see it of the oh, yeah. of the evening where her dad you know he's not a bad dad he's just not talking about what's going on in the grief with his wife mm. so he comes to see her and she goes oh, i'll do as a do as a monster check where he checks under the bed no monsters we check in the cupboard he goes well i'll tell you what i'll bet you that there are no monsters in the cupboard. you've misunderstood how bet- betting works dad yeah, I will bet you there's no monster in the cupboard and if I look in there and I am correct and there's no monster <laughs> then I will give you a dollar she gets five dollars five dollars Yeah, I mean if betting worked like that I'd bet with people all the time hell yeah go to the this bookies way- I bet with you I've got no fucking idea who's going to win the premiership okay and if you get it wrong I will give you 300 pounds <laughs> cheers <laughs> Cheers, nice one. I feel I feel like we've seen a variation of this scene loads, though, right? Haven't we? I mean, yeah. Poltergeist, um, and in like dozens of other sort of films like this, where a kid's scared and we expect to see something in in the. I think Halloween Kills has got a variation. I was about to say, scene, Hall- but... I, 
I think it's Halloween 2018. Yeah, I think it might be Kills, but it could be 2018. Which as one well. is the one that's got the babysitter Dave in it? Yeah, I think it's Kills. Shut up, Dave. Yeah. Uh, up, yeah, Dave. Uh, yeah. That's 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 one of the best ones, I think. Yeah. And it's not even a supernatural one where they go, "All right, I'll check in the cupboard," and you open the drawer and Buddy Michael Myers in there. Disappoint. I'd rather I'd rather have a boogeyman. I think. I mean, he's called the boogeyman, but I'd rather have. Maybe that's why he's always hiding in the cupboards. I have a boogeyman from this film. Um. So yeah, that's the fact that it doesn't reveal anything at this point is nice. Um. But also, obviously, she's fallen asleep. The door swings open. Something skitters across the floor. The rug gets kicked up. Um. And I like this shot. The one where she goes under the bed and it does a does a, a straight one eight. That was really good. Yeah. That's a really good. good little. That's a, a really good, good little flip. Um, and then he she rolls the moon under, and then, I guess the boogeyman gets spooked by the light, and sort of it looks like she's been slurped under the bed, right? But he just sort of biffs her. She falls off and bumps her head. Yeah. So she hurts herself as well, doesn't she? Yeah. Um, and then she goes to Sadie to basically explain what happened. And is this where Sadie gives us a little bit of Rob Savage? You know, we actually get a hint of him as a film director here because we get yeah. she's doing a little seance while she's watching some YouTube in a bedroom. Yeah. Initially, and... I thought she was watching something that was like coming to terms of grief, but then it looks like she's watching a video about contacting the dead. And then she uses a lighter and basically tries to contact her mum and says, flicker the the flame to the left if you're here i reckon even if a living person did that if you told me to flicker the flame to the left i i reckon i'd get it wrong i'd like blow it out by accident oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, um so she's what I meant. and the medium that's talking about how this would work which is going to come up a couple of times in the film about moving a flame or what have you and visualizing the person is the same psychic median medium who we had in the host yeah i think right. that was a nice touch yeah, definitely. That was a nice touch. That was a nice little. And Easter this was egg, this was like a nice nod to you know Rob Savage, a film director who is putting out you know recognizable worlds and interesting things. But Sawyer then turns up and says, "Oh, yeah." So had a bit of a rough night. I saw a, saw a boogeyman. Um, got a got a wobbly tooth on my face. Is bleeding. Oh, and that's oh, yeah. She decides to pull the tooth out. I feel like the whole put a piece of string around the tooth and slam a door to pull it out is terrifying, right? It's terrifying. Yeah. It reminds me, I can't remember what jackass film it is, but they do it with someone's wobbly tooth and attach it to like a, a sports car and it drives off and pull And in my head, I'm thinking it's going to pull his whole head off. <laughs> <laughs> There's but... no way. I don't think I could commit to it because this one looks like one with a really deep root as well. And she even says that we've got deep roots in our, but that's ridiculous. That's like an adult sized root of a tooth that's not like a little yeah, baby tooth bigger at the tooth. and also how do you get a string around that no tied up between the molars i can it's tie too that. difficult lend us your finger um <laughs> yeah i'd have never got that in there and then she she's counting down to slam the door she goes one two and she's no 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 wait 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 but then the fucking boogeyman slams the door anyway and her tooth gets yanked out um and they She's obviously upset, and it's hurt her too. Even though one of his daughter, like his daughters, are in like a big screaming fit and they're crying and screaming. Dad's like, oh, I'll "Tell you what, I'm dead to the world, mate." He's got his noise cancelling headphones on. He's fast asleep in bed. Yeah. Um, and she sings a song that um, comforts Sawyer, like a 
It's like an Irish folk song, right? Yeah, I think so. Something like that, isn't it? It's like Tora Laura, like Hush Now Don't You Cry. Yeah. And she's singing, she's singing that to her. And then as they drift off to sleep, having left the tooth and string on the floor, we hear the boogeyman practicing the song, getting ready to imitate it and slurping Sl- off. Just loves the song. Just goes, that's a great song. I'm going to sing it. I love it. And I'm going to have this little, I'm going to have this tooth. Yeah. That slips Yanks off the, the tooth. tooth. Yeah, it slips through. There's a wider crack near the door. Gets it in there. Don't worry, that'll come back later. Uh, yeah, so next scene is the girls visiting their therapist, Dr. Weller. So this is interesting, doing like a sort of therapy session like sort of like a family therapy session that's quite yeah. interesting especially with like siblings i don't think i've seen much of that before dad hasn't bothered though he's like nah dad's like i got better things on i got i got to do my own therapy all right my therapy's better um and then she they're talking about obviously um sawyer's fear of the dark and the things she's seen and stuff and then when i was like leslie use a terrifying slowly flashing red light <laughs> that reminds you of like i don't know the <laughs> something terrible happening like the self-destruct sequence in yeah. any sort of sci-fi film and i'll stand over you ominously with my spooky glasses my spookiest pair of glasses on my spookiest glasses and and do this and obviously as it slowly so it gradually like switches off for longer and longer and as it's happening we know something pretty much terrifying is going to happen sawyer like nuzzles in with sadie and then sees like the boogeyman in the top corner in like the corner of the room and that's then... when he looks his most venomous isn't it incredibly venomous yeah and this is probably the most obvious scare of all because like as the light goes off for ages and ages as soon as it comes back on we get a big scare the boogeyman right in Sawyer's face but then the lights come on (laughs) I'm the boogeyman (laughs) I'm the boogeyman (laughs) and then bless her Sawyer's Sawyer's wet herself and they react you know there's no real way to react to that without Without you don't want to humiliate anyone, but that's just fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. It ain't. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, have you seen this lush office I've got? This doctor must have thought got automated blinds in it. Do you reckon this sofa comes cheap? Oh, gotta ring the piss well, out of it now. I don't reckon it's the first time though. Um, I think they do give us someone else to wear. Um, and then back in the house, I think we just get more and more glimpses where Sawyer is like seeing it. Sadie starts to see it as well, and. I think she starts just rela- thinking that it is related to Lester's suicide. She finds the notebook as well under, um, the under the sofa in her dad's office with the page removed, which had the drawing of the boogeyman. And she goes and like does the classic. Oh, she does a classic like uh, rub it, like, a rubbing, like, like a brass rubbing. And you get that. like a lovely tree leaf, and you do like a rubbing of it, and yeah. it comes out ever so nice. The venom it comes out perfect, and she and she gets the image of that, and then of course. Sawyer sees the image of that as well and says, "Like, where'd you get this?" That oh, because that's thing? after like Sawyer feels like for a much younger sister, as the absolute upper hand in this fight because we've had Sawyer's been scared by the boogeyman upstairs. Oh yeah, oh yeah, of so course. This the boogeyman has tempted her out of her bedroom to go. Oh, it's me, your sister. Don't come out. And she comes out, um, and she kicks the moon down the hall, and it gets bust and then thrown back, and then yeah. We don't we don't really see how that resolves. Like it just scared her and she came just, downstairs. She just runs downstairs because also in this moment is when Sadie sees it in the kitchen and then she opens the fridge and the fridge. This is the thing. The film is good at using light sources that aren't the big light. 
Because it right. breaks the but, light, doesn't it? The big light has been bust because it's full with ooze. It, yeah, something like that. It's just all, it tries to give you as many reasons as possible to go, why are they walking around in a pitch black house? Um, apart uh, with their dad doesn't seem to care about the electricity bill. Um, but yeah, so Sawyer comes down after thinking that Sadie had scared her because the boogeyman was mimicking her voice and kicks her so hard she knocks her much older sister over. It's ridiculous, gives her like two swift boots as well. I'm like, there ain't no way, even if there's a boogeyman around, no, ain't happening. I ain't letting anyone treat me like that. That was your voice, that was like literally sweeps her like in Mortal Kombat where you do the back whoop like she goes over in yeah. the kitchen I promise it wasn't me she's oh mm. I like the fucking story and then she shows her the the Venom picture oh yeah sorry Ben I've just realized the other thing she's done at the time was um Sadie has found the tape recorder oh yeah this was probably the best gotta be the best the best shot right so she listens to she listens to the um recording which was the same thing we heard when um mm-hmm. when the dad says oh, i'm gonna record this for your own benefit well we can hear stuff in the background now can't we yeah and we hear like um basically as they've gone as they've gone as the dad's gone away we hear the boogeyman. It sounds like it's doing the doctor's voice and is slagging him off, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is that like, right? I don't really believe you at all, you piece of shit. You're full of shit, you are. Walking <laughs> in my house, coming off the street like that, would you? How dare you? Absolute dare you? Yeah. Which is fair, I think. I'd be annoyed, no matter what he'd gone through. Yeah, so the boogeyman does a bit of negging. And I, that's where I thought, like, okay, is this going to be that... Did he kill himself? Has the has the boogeyman? Is that his power? Does it? Is it about him getting in his heads? And is it going to be like a um, you know? Is it a? Is the metaphor that it's already quite obvious from the beginning? Is it not so much about grief, but is it about the growth of depression and so on? And is it you know the sort of negative thought cycles that people get into? But no, it is a monster that eats people. It just also does yeah. that negging. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when she's listening to it, it sort of crescendos into a really high pitched squeal, doesn't it? And she, yeah, and it makes her jump so much that she throws um, the recorder into into it's a jug like, of water that's just there. Into a jug of water, exactly. Um, <laughs> and I feel like we've all done something like that where we dropped something and it's immediately gone to the worst place it could possibly go, straight um, down the toilet. But that's okay because. I thought, oh, no, that's the evidence gone then, but we it ne- also never comes up again. Yeah, it never comes up. She managed to dry it off, though. Uh, she just wipes it off. She doesn't put it in a bag of rice like you would with an iPhone. Um, right. It works straight away. It's like, all right, I'm working again. But that's yeah. when the that's when the confrontation happens. That's why she didn't hear her sister almost get yeah. killed by the boogeyman. That's right. So after sharing that information with her sister, she sort of discovers the Billings address like on uh, with her dad's paperwork, and she gets her friend Bethany to drive her out to the yeah. Billings. She like comes up house. and says, all right, my yeah. friend from high school, despite the fact you look like a fully grown adult, um, <laughs> do you mind, do you want to make it up for, up to me for hanging out with these dickheads? Can you take me to this house, please? Yeah. And she goes in. Um, I tell you what, not that the, you know, 
I'm sure people of different classes all all experience grief, but this boogeyman isn't after any working class people, is he? He's after these people with massive houses. Yeah, massive houses. Uh, but to be fair, this house is in a bit of this is a bit dilapidated. It looks like a Resident Evil house because <laughs> it's like shit everywhere. Um, <laughs> Someone's written murder or all over the yeah. front. All over the, the front. The fridge is like got loads of disgusting food in it. Um, and initially, Sadie thinks it's abandoned, so she like writes something on the fridge. Call me. Puts a number right. on there. Need to talk. Said right. If someone's living here, let's find out. Yeah. Um, but when she goes upstairs, she finds like there's candles everywhere. Just and initially, like an I was, absolute initially, labyrinthine I was like, house of candles. I was thinking, what a faff to light all those. But luckily, it shows exactly how she does it. Um, and yeah, so what? She pretty much gets a jump. Like, this is quite a good good jump, isn't it? Because so she opens a door, a camera flashes in her face, takes a photo of her, and as the Polaroid is developing i was thinking oh we're gonna see the boogeyman behind her obviously it's gonna be the boogeyman isn't it? yeah it's gonna be a little bit of boogeyman but it's not it's a different sort of scare there is someone there but as she turns around it's rita who is lester billings uh wife obviously widowed wife and all her kids are dead as well so she's still living in this house um just not having a good time really um so played... the name drops it the first time she like looks down and says we call it the boogeyman oh yeah she drops it she goes what is this? Some, oh, are we some kind of suicide squad? She basically says, what is this? Some kind of boogeyman. Uh, so this is Marin Ireland who plays Rita Billings. I recognize her from the TV show Why the Last Man, which was which was good. I like that. It was good. When it was cancelled, she was great yeah, in it as well. Real life horrors of uh, inconsistent uh, and little, little commitment to ongoing production of ongoing stories. So I haven't watched that. Yeah, it was good, but it kind of sucks that it got cancelled because it probably makes you not want to watch it so much anymore. Um, so yeah, she basically says that she, the creature is the boogeyman. It was the culprit behind her children's deaths. Um, she says that like the creature feeds off fear and it enjoys toying with its prey, hence the nightly attacks on Sawyer. I mean, Pennywise style, isn't it? Like fear yeah. is flavoring the meat, kind of. Yeah. Again, it just feels like I know it's a a Stephen King story from 1973, but this movie version borrows so much from from everywhere yeah but it feels familiar but not in a good way i guess like sometimes things that are familiar can feel quite com- comforting can't they and that improves your like enjoyment of the film but i don't know this just feels like hang on a minute isn't that pretty much just this and pretty much just that and yeah yeah well isn't the boogeyman original story is that like a proto it yeah, exactly. I mean, it could it could be. I think it's quite a brief story. It's kind of a a story about somebody talking about their kids being killed in a therapist's office, and the reveal. Spoilers for the boogeyman story, but I think the reveal is that the therapist is the boogeyman, like casts oh, off no. in disguise and is, is that the boogeyman. <laughs> Some something like that. It's been a while since it's a long time since I read it. I think I I remember listening to like an audio version of it when this when this was. Did announced the ages boogeyman ago. go to the trouble of renting office space? I think it was like it that there was a doctor who rented that office space, but the boogeyman had like replaced. Oh, him he went in on his day off. Went in on his day off. Is he was he was at home drinking margaritas, and the boogeyman was like, "I'm going to go and do <laughs> the, it. the boogeyman's a registered locum." Like, oh, we've got <laughs> no one to cover today. Do you mind? <laughs> what hourly rate you paying? Okay, I'll yeah. take it. That's and right. is my en- is my enemy the person I've killed his kids happens to be booked in today? All right. Brilliant. Absolutely ideal. Um, so yeah, 
and it, she also says it can mimic voices, which we've heard in that's been another stuff, isn't it? The voice mimicking. Yeah. Again, it just feels so familiar. It, like it, feels, it does. It feels it almost does silly the voice that I... mimicking and so on, right? And like, yeah. yeah. Um. So basically, she says like light is the only thing, and again, that borrows from loads of stuff. Pitch black. Um. Alan Wake. However, um. Rita does that thing where she's like. It's right behind you. And I don't know about you, but in this moment, I thought it's not going to be her. It's going to be her friend. And then she's going to like shoot her friend or something. Yeah, yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. It, thinking it was the boogeyman. But no, it wasn't one of those. It was a legit boogeyman was behind. And this is why I started to get confused. Because I was like, how far away is this place? And the boogeyman, I thought like the boogeyman had like traveled with the trauma of Lester Billings to get into their house. And it can trap now. It can travel somehow with Sadie in, back into that, or can it just go back and forth between houses? It's I already laid. Yes, it can. To. It can fast travel to any location that it's been to before. <laughs> it is a fast travel scenario, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, fast right. travel. It goes gets gets into the menus. I can do. I can go to Sadie's house, and I can go. I can go to Rita's house as well. So, and the houses that we see here are all covered in like their houses, absolutely chockers with like a black mold everywhere. Gotta get yeah. like a paint on that, you know. Yeah, you want to get the, yeah. You, it's it's not get great, yourself a special it? treated paint. You want to get the damp out. Um, yeah. So, so this, after, this is a bit after, I don't get here, Ben. Like I lose yeah. a bit of time in this one. So, um, Sadie goes home. We see her walk into the front door, and she's mm-hmm. talking to Soika. Oh, just leave us alone, will you? Um. I don't want to talk about it. And she goes upstairs, Sawyer's banging on the door, and when she opens it, tell you what, it's not Sawyer. Do you know who it is? Go on. Go and have a guess. Boogeyman. It's the boogeyman, that's right. It's the boogeyman. And he, yeah. comes, he comes flying in, and he's wazzing stuff in a gob. Mm-hmm. And then she wakes up having a big coughing fit. Yeah. So when did we transition to a dream? Do we assume that she went home and had a normal evening and went to bed? Yeah. We're assuming that, aren't we? She went home, and then this was just—it was just frame. It was just a dream that just recapped. One those, just one of those sneaky little scares like where you're like, "Oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't expect anything right now," but we do. Um, yeah, not long after this, I think is when Sadie and Will have like a conversation um, about clearing out the art cabinet. Yeah, she hears banging in the night, and she thinks, "Oh no, Bloody it's not the boogeyman, is it? Yeah, it's um, gotta be. It's not. It's just the the." The daddy man. The daddy the daddy man. Clearing out all of her mom's art stuff. And she says, Fucking hell, mate. You want to talk we you should tell me before you get rid of all my mom's precious things. And she goes, Well, I'm gonna keep it all then. He makes take it all down to the basement. Now he's got I'll say what, daughter, now I've got you up in the middle of the night. If you could just take all your mom's stuff down to the basement. Yeah, he's like, I know you've been haunted by a boogeyman, right? And I know you're struggling a bit, but get yourself down into the basement where the light don't work and put all these boxes down there. I do. The dad does try to like understand. I think he understands that he is not doing the best for his yeah. kids because he goes, all right, I'm trying to listen. I, I know. I should have asked you. I know. He knows he's fucked up, but he's trying to... He's still not doing any better. He's trying, to, he's trying to avoid it, right? He's throwing himself into his work. He's not talking about what's going on and he just... He tries to be a nice dad, but he's not addressing the what they're actually going through because he doesn't want to deal with it himself. Mm-hmm. So Sadie yeah. takes everything down to the basement and she looks through a box of art supplies. She looks through a box of fabrics and then she finds a box of Chekhov's items, mainly <laughs> Chekhov's little smoking <laughs> kit and some spliffs. 
and yeah. Chekhov's lighter. Both there. Oh, yeah. Thought I'll pocket those in my inventory for later in case I come up in a puzzle I have to solve. 100% lovely lighter as well. Um, So she does the old, like, oh, can you move the flame, mum, please, again? And uh, I can't remember exactly what happens. Does she, like, think she sees something in the background? Oh, yeah. She it's thinks the mum on, like, some of the dresses that hung That's up in there. Right. And she thinks she's. And the, of course, as we know from earlier, the boogeyman has learned the Toralora song. Oh, yeah, of course. And she's and that's tempted where... to go to her mom, and then she switches that and the goes, fuck's sake, and is gone. Yeah, we do see a flash of her mum's face, and then we see her mum's dress. So it was like we're supposed to think she perhaps thought the dress was her mum. But she does also find a video camera, and she's watching um, videotapes of her as a baba. She with, goes on with... to watch that at school in the cubicle, as you do. As you do, yeah. If you came in and you heard someone do it, what are you watching in there? Just watching videos of me as a baby. Sorry, what? Again? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, and then when Bethany comes to like speak to her and say, like, what happened the other day when someone shot at you with a shotgun? You never told me. I've just been I've just been worried this whole time. Literally, last time I saw you, I gave you a lift of some dilapidated house, and then you ran out while someone was blazing away with a shotgun in there. And this is just the first time I've seen you since. I gave Man. you a lift home in silence. Oh, wait, yeah, of course. Give her a lift home. Um, so she goes, right, let's organise a girls' night at your house to cheer you up. And the girls come round and Will and Sawyer decide to like stay out of the way, essentially. Will says to Sawyer, you can play as much PlayStation as you like. It's fine. You can eat this old bowl of cheese as well, if you like. Uh, no, he's, not, he's against that. Because I don't... Oh, I don't hey. Should I sleep in bed with you then? No, you, not if you eat that fucking cheese. You'd be fucking stinking the place up. Stinking the place up. And she throws some cheese in as well, which I liked. Now, this is like... So all the friends come over for a girls' night and they all scream when they arrive, but it immediately cuts to them all awkwardly sat in the in her bedroom like... Yeah, it's just one of those... Hanging out with people you don't know very well. Maybe maybe hanging out with work colleagues. You know, let's all let's all hang out. Let's go for a beer, and then you all sit down and you go, "We've got nothing in common." Um, it seems like that sort of scenario. But then Sadie says, "I've got actual drugs. I've got these. I've God knows how old they are, but I've got these half smoked spliffs. Are they half smoked? They look small. Uh, I've got these ancient spliffs. If you want to blast on these, I've got these ancient spliffs. Right? They're definitely they're going to be they're going to be spot on. Um, yeah, and they all do. They all have a little toke, but then. Sadie starts coughing, coughing it up, which is embarrassing, you know. If it's your first, first go on the old reefer, it's a bit, it's a bit embarrassing when you start coughing your guts up. But then it just becomes over the top, and then she goes to the toilet and coughs up. And I thought this was quite nice. I like this little touch. Um, coughs up Sawyer's tooth still wrapped in that little. Um, yes, the string yeah, so, doesn't change that. So maybe she's thinking that dream was real of of the boogeyman putting something in in me mouth. And it probably still, was that girl who was horrible from from before is just as horrible again. She's like, fil- she was filming stuff with the camera, and initially I was like, oh my god, is she like taped over? Taped over her as a baby, and like I yeah. think, I think you could. Not going to say it lightly here, Ben. I don't condone violence between any between any groups, but I she think there's a slap for this. Definitely, I don't. I don't think. A, I don't think a slap on this. And I think if you callously taped over. Your oh. deceased mom. I think a closed fist. Yeah, closed fist. Even if she did it accidentally, like yeah, there we go. It's not good. Um, yeah. yeah, and they put they put, like put Sadie in the closet, but it seems like they put her in the closet, lock her in as a bit of a joke, but then they can't get her out because because of supernatural stuff. Um, 
the door's locked and in there is when the boogeyman like I guess an extensive attack on Sadie until yeah. she gets out, right? <laughs> if this was a game, this would be a QTE. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean um, to do several dodges in a I mean it's the US, so the closet is massive. As, as big as everyone else's spare bedroom in this country. That's true. Absolutely um, enormous. So they all have a big argument. Fight breaks out. They all say, you're nuts anyway. No one likes you. Um, and the girls will leave. She gives. She then... does give the worst one a slap at this point. She does give the worst one a slap, which is to be to be expected. And then we get like, what is a pretty good scene, I think. So while Sawyer's playing PlayStation, what is she playing? I, I tried to work this out and I, I couldn't. I'm not sure it's a real... Was it that it looked like that? What's that sort of Assassin's Creed-like game called something Phoenix Rising? Something like that. Oh, it could have been. Yeah, it looks yes, a bit yes, like yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. Immortals, Phoenix. I thought, is it like I thought? Was it the was it Kia Bridge of Souls or something like that as well? Oh, I yeah. think that's quite a cartoony aesthetic. I thought it could be either of them. So she's playing this game in the pitch black. It's the only light in the room is from the TV, and the boogeyman crawls into the room, and she turns her back completely to the screen and uses like a little light up bow and arrow, I guess, in the game, which shoots some lights like, as directions out as if she's shooting looking for the boogeyman and it and brightens up was, the screen that was pretty good right yeah yeah um, it was pretty good and then it, um, it disappears she crawls down on the sofa and it sort of passes her but then freddy krueger style that comes up from behind the tv oh yeah of course it does um and then attacks her and slings her at the tv so pretty brutal we've already seen it kill. we've already seen it kill a kid so it's gonna throw a kid at a tv yeah damn that tv's ruined as well which is devastating uh yeah the tv's ruined it's devastating and then the teenagers having stormed out of the house um sadie and the dad come down they go oh fuck's sake i take i deal with one of you's having a problem i come back and the other one of you's been whacked into the tv that's how it happens yeah that's how it happens um, kids so, yeah. always think, oh, I, I'm not getting any attention. I throw myself into the TV. How I'll do you do what, that? She's got a big old egg on her head, hasn't she? Like a cartoon, like lump oh, on yeah. her forehead. Um, so, they, so yeah, they take her to the hospital, uh, and when they're at the hospital, Sadie like tries to again tries to communicate with her dad because her dad's in the room where her mum was taken, like obviously before she passed away so there's a little bit of that where he's opening up to her a little bit but not seems still like not a, fully seems like a healthy place for the hospital to allow you to go can i sit in this room my wife died oh, i guess yeah, we're not fine. using it no it's in there at the moment I guess we're not using it and in this day and age don't worry we haven't got to be extra careful about these rooms remaining sterile so you just sit in there cry on the table if you want do it um, um, and, at, and at that time, Rita calls Sadie, obviously based on the number she left on the fridge earlier. And she says, I've come up with a, with a way to kill the boogeyman. Get I know now. how to do it. Get in now. And I thought, and again, I was thinking through, saying, oh, is she going to say, you know what? It's about the love of family and support the folks you love. Um, or is she going to say, <laughs> yeah, big yawn through that one? Because that's sleepy. not what she says. She was sleepy yeah. when she said it. Um, I was like, if I was Sadie, I would have said, how? What? What? How? Do you need me to do that? Do you actually need me? Am I coming there? Do you, do you so, need me to bring anything? Yeah. But Sadie just leaves to go and help. And she basically says, I'm taking matters into my own hands because you won't, Dad. You're you fuck all about this boogeyman. So... You've done nothing. You don't even believe it exists, you bloody moron. Um. So she gets to the house and Rita basically immediately 
knocks her out. Well, not knocks her out, but like punches her and and uh, zip ties, ties her, to, her to a pipe. Zip ties her to a pipe. And her whole plan. So basically, days have gone by. Rita on her own in the house. Her whole plan was just use her as bait. Yeah, that's it. Isn't use it? her as bait, and bait. then she'll. We've set up like a Home Alone style load of shotgun shells. Yeah, like tripwire things. Um. Yeah, and she oh, turns I the light off. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. I'd forget. Yeah, I trip over it. Yeah. Where's this trip? Bang, 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 dead. So, yeah. And it works pretty spot on, right? So, the question is that the boogeyman fast travels straight to the house and goes, ha, got you. And then he gets gets blasted with all those shotgun shells. He gets blasted. um, And then Rita continues to like blast it while it's down. And then obviously it's not actually dead because it it leaps up, uh, attacking Rita uh, in the melee. The pipe comes loose. Sadie managed to escape. Um, and yeah, it kills Rita, but Sadie like flees, flees the house. And this is the first, I guess as she's running away and it's after her, we see it a bit more, right? Yeah, we see it around yeah. that. And we I think we've seen at this point when it gets close to her before it gets shotgunned, it's got like fingers coming out of its mouth. The thing is, like, this is another thing. This is really, really common. Like, monsters made up of human appendages. Mm-hmm. So, seen it in Smile. I think there was there was obviously loads of stuff in the Ritual, um, and that's the thing. I like it. It's a good. It's a good look. It's a good aesthetic. It's cool. But I just feel like this film borrows so much from so many different places that it it just doesn't have its own identity. That's what it struggles with the most. Just, just you can't go. Oh, the boogeyman—that's that film, and it? it feels like it's just an amalgamation of so many other things. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, what even is it? Yeah, and like I say, the the bits with the boogeyman are in it, there's some there's some tension. I think that some of the action scenes it comes at you fast, and it's like a high octane bit of tension. Just that it struggles to be memorable in the grand scheme of things. Like, okay, where's the one where it comes out of the shadow here? Where's the one where mm. the like? I think in where's the, the one where it's like a fake out scare? Where's yeah. the one where like it struggles to do something that's, that's that's truly unique to this film and not others as well? Just films like this have got such um a distinct a distinct pacing and style. It's almost like you could just listen to it and you can pick out exactly where where the big scares would be. Uh-huh. I don't know. It just feels like in terms of pacing, it just feels so expected i think that's the thing yeah that's the thing that's the way to that's the best way you can do it so she phones her dad and said and it turns out that um will and sawyer have just got back to the house yeah they've been looking for listen here dad don't go into the house yeah i am listening doesn't listen well enough i'm listening as i'm backing into the house walking backwards into the the black house yeah left no lights on um so he gets he gets yanked off into they both get yanked off into the darkness. Thankfully, turns out that it, it's within sprinting distance of the house. So Sadie just oh gets yeah on it. So before so she had to get a lift to that house before, but now she's like I could sprint it if I need. Oh to. no, I know it actually. It's not as far as I thought. Oh, yeah. I, what I was doing when I was looking how far it was, I was looking at the car directions. Actually, if I'm on foot, you can just cut through it. Cut through this bit. So she legs it back there. Um, and when she gets there, she finds Sawyer hiding in a closet with Christmas tree lights mm-hmm. surrounding her. Um, I think you'd find something that didn't 
just alternately go red and green and then go go off for a while. You'd find something that that was a lot better. You'd, have, you'd adjust the settings, wouldn't you? You'd have it like strobing. Yeah, you'd have it strobing. And then she says the creature took Will into the basement, and this is where the sisters essentially team up to go and find their dad and save their dad. So even though a shotgun didn't work, Sadie arms herself with a hockey stick. Yeah. Because um, like, she, she wants Sawyer to stay put, but Sawyer's like, nah. She I'm says that out. she saw it bleed. So using the work of a, got time the philosopher. To oh, it does. It does have time to it bleed. Does. It does have time. But to bleed. she turns to the philosophy of something from the very same film. You go. They. She speaks to Professor yeah. Schwarzenegger's teachings that if something bleeds, they can indeed kill it. If it so, bleeds, we can um, kill it. And it's so injured as well. Goes. I'd say it was injured. I'd be like, if it got shotgunned so many times, then it's got to be injured. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if we get that. So, what does Sawyer arm herself with? Just the lights? Yeah, she's got the lights. So they but go down originally. The she said, "Don't she... come," but she goes, "I'm coming." No, don't come. <laughs> What's that from? That's the dead two. You got it. <laughs> that's, that's why we. Were, that's why we worked so well. That's why we worked so well together. All right. <laughs> Saving Danny DeVito and Nev Campbell from. From those things, yeah, uh, and actually, the character models are just looking entirely like them, <laughs> yeah. Also, I think Sawyer is completely, um, she's not very good with the lights. She gets them caught under a corner of a box, and that box like smashes down. They're trying That's to okay, sneak in, it spills Chekhov's lighter fluid everywhere, spills Chekhov, Chekhov's lighter fluid everywhere. But the also... same box that she got Chekhov's lighter and weed from earlier. Why is she, she's getting proper tangled up with these? She's not very good at maintaining the. No, I'd be like, she's more of a hindrance than a help. Yeah, um, but they find the dad. He's in the darkest corner of the basement. Boogeyman's just holding him. Yeah, Boogeyman didn't straight up kill him because plot. So he's just like nuzzling him. Maybe he likes him. It's keeping him as a as like a bait situation. Maybe he's slurping his will to live out yeah, of him. True. Who knows? Yes. Yeah, um, but um, there's a basically just there's a fight here that happens in a few stages. She fights the boogie. She approaches the boogeyman with lights. The dad kind of gets up and gets dumped across a room. Originally, it's biting through the so it bites through her hockey stick defense. And then this one's weird graphically because this is when we get a close look at the boogeyman. So it's monstrous mouth opens, and then there's like a spooky little baby inside. It's like a little gaunt little, little face, a little death stranding baby. Yeah. Oh, I was going to go Total Recall, the little man on his tongue. Yeah. So then, it's, a little, it's a little little fellow in there with glowy eyes. Again, maybe this is a bit it. It's like Deadlights, isn't it? Because it goes, open yeah. your mind. And then it looks like the fingers come out the mouth. It opens up their mouth and little fingers come out. And then I thought it was a bit like The Last of Us where things were coming out of her mouth. But then graphically her face starts to get all... Um, yeah. black and mouldy. So it's like, is it putting stuff in her or is it sucking stuff out? I can't work this out. But what, I find it a bit annoying that it was the dad who ended up striking and saving her. I was like, he hadn't done anything for this. I don't know if he's earned any of these moments. Sawyer should have been the one to sort of save but her in he, that moment. He stabs it with the um, thing and gets dumped across the room for his trouble, right? Yeah. And then they basically finish it off by by burning it. So yeah, oh, no, initially the mom comes up. The, they, oh, they do a little combo, don't they? So Sawyer sprays her like hairspray thing, whatever it is. Yeah. And and um 
Sadie lights the lighter, which sort of gets it. And then, oh yeah, the mum comes up because they can't. The lighter's they're... going out, but then the lighter comes back bigger than ever. Big time. Yeah. And it's like the it goes to the left, like they're always saying, which shows them the way. And then do you did I just imagine the mum's voice as I was caught in the moment? Do we get a little sample of it? Oh, I'm not sure actually. Might have missed that. But so the spirit of the mom turns possible. up and it gives them the energy they need. And she's spraying the monster, spraying them, but it's like, no, no, please don't bother, mate. Ah. And it's on the back foot. She runs out of um hairspray. And it looks like he's like, ha, fucking sucked in. I've got you now. Yeah. Um, but Sawyer comes up and she gives it a dousing with the lighter fluid, and it has burns anyone up, burns away. Ever... How many films have got a lighter being tossed in slow motion? I'm gonna say fifty. Yeah, easy, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Catches it. He gets burned up and it sort of eradicates all of the black mold which has been spreading around the house all this time because it's burned away. And then yep. metaphorically, do we see that, you know, they're, they're forced to let go of all the things from their mom. So they all get yep. burned up in the fire. Um, I mean, all of their contemporary items as well get burned up on the fire. The whole house gets burned up. You know, and then really you know, the, mon- the, the monster is losing its grip over them as it is all burned away. Which is what le- me leads me to believe, Ben, that I've discovered the true enemy and the cure to the boogeyman. So, if a Pazuzu gets in your house, you call the Exorcist. If it's a Poltergeist, you call that little lady who looks a bit like Kim Jong Il to come and exercise your house and to clear it. <laughs> who would be the best person to get rid of the boogeyman, in your opinion? The best person to get rid of the boogeyman. Um... Someone who, who who's adamantly against boogies. Uh, I, so I would say Alan Wake because he's got access to torches. It's true. Access to access to dozens of batteries, batteries all over the place. I think he could help you with the symptom, but not the cause of it. I first on my Rolodex call, Marie Kondo, because you get rid of all that shit out of your house that's reminding you of the person that's dead and making oh, you yeah, susceptible to grief. You'd be over it straight away. So you'd be in there, and she doesn't like, bring you joy. Fucking hell, I'm miserable and a boogeyman's trying to get me. She'll come in and say, see all this shit? Is it sparking joy? So actually, it's not actually. I said, right. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. In, in the, in the, it's dousing happiness. Um, so, yeah, she would get rid of all that stuff like they have to do without the, without the problems of burning. And also from an insurance point of view, they're going to send out the fire investigators and they say, "But he paint stripper down here, and this lighter. This yeah. is an inside. This was an inside job. This is an inside job, one hundred percent. And all three of your footprints down here. You broke your ankle down here. You've been. <laughs> this is. This is terrible. Yeah. Um. So they they go up. They they do leave. Everything is gone. Mm-hmm. Um." They, they then have a final session with yeah Dr. So Weller. A bit of time has gone by and it looks like they're all doing well at sort of sharing and and living through their trauma and getting through it themselves and supporting each other. Dad's a better dad. You know, as a family unit, they seem stronger, stronger than ever. They've moved on from their experience and they, they're moving on from the death of their mum in a way as well. Um, but yeah, as they leave, basically, I'll oh, see you later. All good. Happy ending. 
you hear the doctor say, oh, Sadie, can you just come back in here a second? She goes back in. No one so, about. You sure it's appropriate that you call me back in here when I'm under 18 and my dad is my guardian probably should be here <laughs> when you talk to me. Uh, but yeah, there's no one in there. The bloody cupboard doors open again. Cupboard doors uh, wide open. Um, and then the doctor does come in and go, oh, can I help you? So, oh, no. So, so we, think that, we, think that, we think there's going to be a moment where it's like another scare, but no, she just takes takes matters into her own hands and just closes the door and says, well, I'm not scared. I'm not scared anymore. Shut the door. And that's it. And then credits roll. Some sort of weird song, if I remember right. I can't remember oh, I what it was. I didn't stayed for the song. Well, there was, it was just a bit weird, a bit out of place. It was maybe it was a Nickelback. I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't Nickelback. But uh, Never made it as a boogeyman. Never made it as a boogeyman. I couldn't cut it as a Candyman's Pennywise Eve. Oh, yeah. A Pennywise Eve. Couldn't make it as a Candyman. Sick of that without a sense of feeling, so he doesn't like Bird Box either. Um, <laughs> it's good. We should we oh, should write we'll, write about all these with all these films we're making. We'll make a cover of yeah. We'll of, make a cover. This is how of... you remind me about horror movies. Horror movie horror movie boogies horror movie scary people. Okay. Um. Have you got any you got any name game? I've got a few down? for you. Have you got any this week? Yeah, I got some. Right, I reckon I'll, we'll have some of the, some of the we, same show, things. Show but... you round robin. I'll go first if you like. What's the synopsis? Let's round robin. Um. Okay. So. Oh wait. What is the synopsis? I've I've lost it. Let's just say a family are tormented by a supernatural presence after the death of of their. Oh no. Wait. Here, here we go. A teenage girl and a younger sister find themselves plagued by a sadistic presence in their house and struggle to get their grieving father to pay attention before it's too late. Okay. Boogeyman. So, um, a teenage girl and a younger sister struggle against a supernatural force in their house. And what this supernatural force does is that he comes out at night in the dark and he shoves your head under his arm and just exactly rubs the top the, of your hair with it. With it's exactly hair. the same as what I've got. <laughs> it's the Nuggie Man. The Nuggie Man. The Nuggie Man. It's the Nuggie Man. That feels horrible as well. I feel like if that happened to you in the middle of the night unexpectedly. That sucked the life right out of you, wouldn't it? It sucked the life right out of you. Okay. Um, this one, this film is uh, two girls come into terms with the death of their mother and then they get plagued by the existence of a boogeyman who comes out of his cupboard in the middle of the night and just gauzes in your face. <laughs> the boogeyman. The boogeyman, correct. Or the boogeyman, yeah. Or the boogeyman. That's also pretty disgusting, right? Um, it is horrible. Both horrible things that the, yeah. that the boogeyman would probably do. Um, the one I've got for you now is is that a teenage girl and her and a younger sister finally do come to terms with the passing of their mother by meeting like a, a an elderly female role model who teaches them. How to dance all of the to all of the greatest songs of her era. An elderly role model, Boog, not, just bo- just boogie man, boogie not, mum, not boogie man. Like boogie turns nan. out actually, yeah, boogie, boogie nan, boogie gran. I would also accept boogie nan slash boogie gran. The boogie nan, <laughs> it's the bloody boogie nan. Also terrifying. Um, okay, this one is. If you play truant at school, this 
thing is going to come and get you and slurp you off and just basically enforce the rules of, of the school day upon you. Oh, I think regionally we have different names for the person that looks looks for you if you wags, wag off school. Oh, sorry, not the person who looks for you. It's just another word for that. I don't use this word for it. <laughs> is it the truant van? No, nearly. It's the word for that. Oh, no. The, is it a van? Comes no. to get you. No, so it's, it's still a man. It's, you're playing something when you oh, do the, it. The, the hooky man. Yeah, that's it. The hooky man. <laughs> Hooky playing man. hooky playing hooky is that an american thing i think it is isn't it yeah i feel like i live in a dark i grew up in a darker place with a truant van would come and capture you like the dog catch just fires a tranquilizer out into your neck fires a tranquilizer then puts you in puts you like a but like a massive long net over you um there we go you got any more uh yeah so um <laughs> after is uh, like a a teenage girl and her younger sister uh, found themselves in terrible danger when resurrected after killing himself and his uh, girlfriend following ill poor correspondence from a rapper who was a big fan with who was a big fan of a ghost a ghost man dresses a little bit like but not exactly like the the main gang of hooligans from a clockwork orange. <laughs> There's so much going so, on there. The resurrected ghost of a man that killed himself and his girlfriend after he didn't get very much letter correspondence from his favourite rapper. Okay. Um, and, Something Stan. Yeah, and in his new form, he dresses a bit like but not exactly the same okay. as his favourite gang of violent criminals from A Clockwork Orange. It's Droogie Stan. Droogie Stan. Very good. The Droogie Stan. Droogie Stan. That's good. I was confused. There are so many elements to that. Um, okay, and the last one from me is um, a creature haunts the residents of a town on the north coast of Cornwall <laughs> at Seaside Resort. Haunts them. Sometimes you might go there for a bit of surfing, but this creature ain't having none of that. It's, it's getting you. Now, my <laughs> knowledge of North Cornish resorts. Is it Lou? No. Um, no. Think at North Cornish resorts. Think what is big, big for surfing. Fistral Beach. Oh, the Nuki Man. The Nuki Man. I could have done a, a far more interesting play on that. Like, uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know, but yeah, the Nuki man. Right, I've got, I've got one more for you, Ben. Um, a teenage girl and her sister are forced to confront a supernatural presence in their house. But unlike the boogeyman who imitates voices and slurps you off into the dark, um, this man mostly talks about how his house and his windows and the car that he has um, and his girlfriend are all of a primary colour. Doesn't stop singing about it. Uh, the bluey man. The bluegie man. <laughs> the blue, oh, the bluegie man. The bluegie man. Dabba dee, dabba die. Dabba die. If I was green, I would die. Not official lyrics. <laughs> Some people do add that. 
to think they're funny. Um, there we go. That was good. That was a good installment of the boogeyman. Um, I guess we've got to rate the movie. What are we, what are we thinking? I guess we've said a lot about it already. So in terms of just sort of explaining why, yeah. I think. Do you want to go first, Ben, or shall I? I mean, I was going to go for a C plus. I think. I think that's quite because I didn't. I didn't hate it. Like with with something like Smile, like I felt genuinely quite put out by it and annoyed by it. Annoyed by the scares. Annoyed by the fact it seemed to borrow from so many other places. It has some good bits about it. Smile does, but I think the boogeyman for this. I think tonally, I was more on board with it than anything else. Despite the fact it it. But I think the reason I'm going to go as low as C plus because it borrows so much from everywhere that it just fails to have its own identity. Mm-hmm. This film is completely void of identity. Like if you think the boogeyman, you think 10 other films before you think of this because it does. Yeah. Borrow from so yeah. many different places. I think the main performance, a couple of the performances of the kids is great. Um, but yeah, the creature design. If, if I came into this and I could have written down what I don't want the creature to be, I would have written leggy venom. And the fact that it is a leggy venom, just made me like oh, really i just think it's the kind of a look of a creature that is impossible to look that good because it just looks cgi it just looks heavily cgi and i think with something like this it would have really benefited from from practical effect maybe it had to some practical effects i don't know but i think it would have benefited from that and no so c plus for me i think andy what are you saying yeah I, i'm for very similar reasons what you said then but because i felt this film was so middle of the road like competently made like you know there are good performances in it there are there is good technical direction there's some really good shots from a camera work perspective so you know like the bed flip when she puts her head under there yeah that was great i think there's some good stuff about that but for the reasons you've said like narratively thematically i've seen it so many times now and i've seen it done in more memorable ways like i know your mileage on the kid from the babadook may vary Mm -hmm. but you remember it you remember (laughs) things about you remember things about the babadook and you um you remember the visuals you remember the sound design you're like there are things that you can remember from that and the the narrative carries on through to the end Mm -hmm. so i struggled with that bit like you know here's the metaphor and but it is also a monster that you can fight as i said earlier it's it was strange for me. So as a result, I feel it makes it the perfect middle film. I'm not annoyed that I watched it. There was nothing about it technically to dislike, but it's a C because yeah. it's because it's right in the middle. What C is intended for, mm-hmm. solid, average yeah. performance that it came out. And I think the, the biggest film of the the biggest or only crime of this film is that it's kind of a from a business choice point of view is that it wasted a very talented director Mm -hmm. that you could, who is very capable of doing something more interesting with this idea, given the right amount of freedom and right amount of base stuff that you can work with to do something interesting with. Yeah. Very generic. I think it's probably like the most, one of the most generic of films from the last like two or three years, like supernatural um, not like gory films, but supernatural sort of spooky films. So yeah, C plus for me and C C for you. Did you say? Yeah, standard C from me. Standard C. If you don't there mind. We there we go. And that is the boogeyman. Thanks everybody for listening. If you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thanks to our current patrons, including 
John Crinnan, Ben Scaife, Stephen Christopher, Toby Miller, Scott Rigby, Lane Spencer, Ollie Child, Leslie Carla, Julia Bilgren, Nick Spill, Troy Bursch, Rosalind Harnies, and Pazuzu. Thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors for more. We're on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Horror Hangout Podcast. Search that. You find us. Next week, we're doing um, Little Shop, Shop of Horrors. Horrors. Little Shop With of Horrors. Stu, right? With returning guest, Stu Freeman, um, who joined us for the our episode a while ago on the taking of Deborah Logan. He's back to talk all about um, a horror musical. Guess what, Andy? I've never seen it before. You've never seen it? My goodness, Ben, you're in for a treat. What a time. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yeah, but until then, um, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. See you later. Don't Hit get boogeyman. Yeah, watch out for the boogeyman. Bye. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.